You're listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the Holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find out full of surprises. It's not over yet. No. There is another. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome back to Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news and rumors around uh, Star Wars Episode Seven and Rogue One and all the other new and exciting upcoming Star Wars films and other projects, um, all that good stuff. This is our 58th episode, and it's part two of our recap from Star Wars Celebration Anaheim. Um, as always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I've got my co-host, Tim, with me. How's it going, Tim? Hey, Kyle. Doing good. I got over my post-celebration Anaheim cold that I was fighting last week when we recorded, but I'm excited to be going back and talking and reliving all awesome stuff that we didn't get to talk about last week from Celebration Anaheim, so it's going to be another good one. Yeah, so much stuff we just couldn't fit in one episode, and uh, glad to hear Tim is now strong enough to pull the ears off of Gundark, so... Um, excited yes. <laughs> to get into this stuff, and uh, this week we're also joined by a special guest, a friend of ours who we spent a lot of time with over the weekend at Celebration, um, and yes. for uh, uh, listeners of the Rebels podcast and Frontlines the Clone Wars podcast, you will recognize him uh, as one of the co-hosts from that podcast, but uh, it's our friend Matt Cranky is with us. How's it going, Matt? Hey, what's going on, guys? Kyle and Tim, man, I'm excited to be in uh, on with you guys, man. This is, a, this is my first time, so... Uh, I'm looking forward to talking some, uh, I guess we're going to talk some Rebels and some other things. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's yeah. good to have you. I mean, with all the, the cool people that we were staying with and hanging out with at Celebration, um, I was like, you know, we should have one of these guys on our on our show to uh, to talk about the convention and all the fun stuff we did there. Um, and I was like, who, who better than one of the hosts of the Rebels podcast because <laughs> we've got some huge Rebel stuff to talk about. Um, so, yeah. man, let's just jump right into it, uh, starting with... The season two premiere, um, the the Siege of Lothal, the, the one hour special that they actually just announced today is going to be airing on Disney XD on what June twentieth, I believe. Yeah, um, June twentieth. Yeah. But of course, we all got to be among the first to see it in you know the, the big digital stage there at Celebration, and man, this was just a, a whole nother level of, uh, of awesome stuff from rebels. But, uh, I don't know, Matt, what were seeing your initial reactions? Woo. i tell you what, man, it was, it was like that. And, and, you know, we all saw it together. Just, I mean, of course we spent the whole weekend seeing a lot of things together and just to touch on that, that was just a fun time. I haven't even got a chance to talk about it. I, I do another podcast called the Starlight pit and me and Chris haven't got together. We're, we're going to be getting together on, uh, I think, Saturday to talk about everything from his perspective and my perspective. But going back to hang out with you guys and, and just the whole experience, uh, it, was, it, was, it was great. I mean, if you've never been to a celebration, this was the one to go to. Packed, but we still had a great time. And, and, talk, and talking about this Rebels premiere, I, you know, I was actually blown away because I had no idea that they were going to use my favorite character as much as, as they were, especially this early in, in this series. 
and this much, and I think I think I talked about it a little bit on when we did the Rebels podcast down at Celebration. Uh, I, it just blew me away. I mean, Vader's my favorite character, and they brought him in big time in this thing. I mean, he was like one of the main focuses of these first. I guess we're going to call it a double episode, two episodes. And I, I guess we're not going to give too much away, but because uh, for those that haven't seen it yet, but wow, I mean, everything that everything they did with him and leading up to this. You know, one of these moments that I talked about, like, we all think that Ahsoka and Vader are going to highlight this series maybe in a finale in some sort, but they don't waste any time with putting these two together. And how do, how are you guys about spoilers? I don't want to give too much away. Uh, um, how, how are you about spoilers, Kyle? <laughs> well, because we're saying too much. Huh? We, we talk about a lot of, you know, episode seven rumors and stuff that kind of go into spoilers territory. Um, yeah. But I, I don't want to, uh, you know, spoil too much about this Rebels premiere for people that weren't there because, yeah, like you said, it's, it's going to be online in a couple of months. But some people have already messaged us on on Twitter and stuff and been like, hey, so what spoilers can you guys tell us about the uh, the Rebels premiere? Because some people who weren't oh, able to be there just want to know, like, right away, like, what happens with Vader and Ahsoka and all that. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll try not to, to spoil too much okay. big stuff. But, I won't go too far um, then. I'll just say that it, it's just – the things that I've thought about where this series can go, I mean, I'm already seeing it in the first two episodes. I'm just, like, blown away. And and everything they've done with Vader, I, I remember Freddie Prince talked about this on, this on the season finale and what to look for in season two. He said, you guys will not be disappointed with Vader. And I was not at all. It just, like, to me, it seemed like they embodied, like, the whole, like, they went back and watched how, Prowse moved and and the lightsaber style and the fighting and just everything about Vader they they put into this character animation wise I just I felt like I was watching uh, Dave Prowse walk around especially with the moves and stuff like that and then the power they showed with Vader I mean this is what I've wanted for so long I wanted to see Vader quote unquote in his prime going around wrecking havoc hunting down Jedi. And when we found about I found out about this series and and that we might get that I was I was so pumped I was so stoked I mean I can't wait for this and we're already seeing it in the Rebels and I'm so excited that they're doing that that they're not afraid is is kind of what I'm looking at is they're not afraid to go there like I know a lot of people were like oh should we you know should they do Vader it's kind of like one of those sacred characters like you don't want to know too much about him but I was like hey bring it on man I want to see this dude yeah. just wrecking wrecking shop everywhere man just going to town and they truly show how powerful vader is in this episode and at one point i even thought i don't know if i got i told you guys this i might have told mike that it just seemed like vader was almost like toying with some of the combat that he goes through in these episodes like you're thinking wow is, why is he not just destroying these guys but a part of me is thinking he's just having fun he's like a, he's like a cat that was just like playing with a mouse you know before he <laughs> goes in for the kill you know it's just Ah uh, man, I was blown away. It was it was a great premiere. This is only season two, the beginning of it, and I'm seeing all this. And it's not just Vader; just everything encompassing that. They show how great of a pilot they talked about how great of a pilot Anakin was, mm-hmm. and you see that in this episode with Vader. It's just I'm thinking about it now. I'm just going back and I go, wow, just watching that. Uh, I remember I was with there with you guys, and we we're just like blown away by a lot of stuff, and not just the Vader. It's not even talking about everything else that happened in the episode. So, <laughs> yeah, thoroughly impressed. You guys will not be disappointed when you see this uh, this premiere. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, that's just talking about 
the Vader stuff and not everything in the episode, but right. so much of the stuff in that episode or these first two episodes or whatever does revolve around Vader. And uh, it was kind of surprising to see them focus on him that much. But at the same time, like you said, they, they did it really well. It was, uh, man, just awesome. And, yeah, you were talking about the, the space battle. Um, and, you know, again, we won't give away how things end and all that. But if you've seen the uh, the trailer for season two that's online, you know some of this stuff. Because uh, you can see that in the trailer where there's a space battle with uh, a rebel fleet and some A-wings. And Vader's just taking people out. And uh, he also, you know, has a lightsaber duel with Kanan and Ezra. But, man, I mean, this space battle... Uh, yeah, like you said, Matt, I mean, we've heard throughout the, the whole Star Wars saga and everything how great of a pilot Anakin Skywalker was. And that was one thing that I was a little bit disappointed by with the Clone Wars is I don't feel like they ever really uh, fully yeah. showed that potential. I mean, they showed him doing some cool maneuvers. Uh, there was the one episode, right. uh, Grievous Intrigue, I think, where, you know, he jumps a shuttle out of hyperspace right in the middle of a space battle and lands on the, the bottom of a Separatist cruiser. You know, stuff like that where... He, he pulls off some pretty good maneuvers and stuff, but, um, man, I just wanted to see one episode where, like, the whole episode focused on a space battle. Anakin was in a Jedi starfighter the whole time, and he just, you know, wrecks squadron after squadron of droid starfighters and then, uh, you know, pulls off some, like, suicide kamikaze move to destroy the enemy battleship at some crucial moment in the, uh, you know, in the battle and then, like, barely escapes alive himself but you see him you know still alive and his his fighters like flying out of the explosion or something like that um that's the kind of stuff i always wanted to see and we never got to see that but then here we are with vader and uh you know in his tie advance from a new hope and he's pulling all these crazy tricks and uh you know just taking out these rebel pilots and stuff um and that was something that for me was like a you know kind of a surprise i guess um you know, something I was yeah. not expecting yeah. to see, but that was really awesome to see. Because even though we know how good of a pilot Anakin is, like when you think of Vader, you just think of that big imposing figure in the mask and the helmet and the lightsaber and the cape and all that kind of stuff. You don't necessarily think of, uh, you know, Vader flying around wiping people out in his TIE fighter because we only see like one scene of him doing that in the original trilogy. But um, man, I mean, that scene was just so cool. That might have been my favorite scene of the whole, uh, that whole episode i remember there was one move in particular that he does that yeah, just made me go whoa <laughs> like out loud in the, you know in the yeah. middle of the screening there but um yeah. man that was that was so cool but uh yeah tim let's get your thoughts on it although yeah, i get man. the feeling it's going to be pretty similar to what we just said <laughs> <laughs> yeah I might as well just echo what you guys just said but so much good stuff i mean the vader stuff was awesome for me it was almost hard to pick which was my favorite moment for Vader because, like, they show him in the trailer. I mean, they show him in a lightsaber duel with Kanan and Ezra. That was awesome. Then what you were just describing, Kyle, in that space battle. I mean, just seeing him dominating there was just really, really cool. But just even when he wasn't doing all that cool stuff, just hearing James Earl Jones saying yeah. dialogue as Vader, I mean, it didn't matter what he was saying. Just hearing his voice and it was just so awesome. And it was surreal kind of way because we're getting – brand new Vader content that we really haven't gotten since Return of the Jedi. I mean, he was in Revenge of the Sith, but not very long, just a few minutes. But see, we're seeing Vader, like you said, Matt, in his prime, doing mm -hmm. stuff for the Empire, showing his dominance and why he's so feared throughout the galaxy. They just did such a great job with it. But another great thing about this two-part premiere was that if anyone's kind of worried that, oh, they're just bringing in like more classic characters, and those are going to kind of dominate the series and move away from the show's main characters, the crew of the ghosts. And you don't have to worry about that at all either, because there was such 
a great balance between focusing on Kane and Ezra Harris mm-hmm. and being the whole ghost crew and what they had to do and how they confront Vader. I mean, it was all well balanced. I mean, you didn't get the feeling that there was too much of one thing or too much focus on this group of characters and that it was just really put together. And boy, I mean, I know we're not getting into spoilers, but probably my favorite moment of it was, I'll just say this, something that fans probably wanted to know about since Ahsoka was introduced in the Clone Wars and became Anakin's apprentice, it happens in this episode. And boy, it was really, really cool. I got chills. (laughs) It was just awesome. Well, that's the thing. Like, that's the thing. Like, we everybody knows that Ahsoka's back in this series because we saw her last season. So, like, the whole like the big thing is, you know, not if, but when are these two going to to meet up again? Because we know it's going to happen. I mean, it's 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 sort of like a foregone thing. I mean, I'm already, I was already talking about this on the first season. Like, when are we going to see these two match up? And, and, and I do think it's going to be something where we might see at a series finale where these two finally, I mean, can you imagine these two, if they do have a lightsaber battle? I mean, this, that's going to be one of those moments. I think I might mention this before in the rebels podcast, star Wars has like, there's just certain moments that, that you see and, and they're just ingrained. And like, it's like Luke looking at the suns. It's like one of those iconic moments. Um, and there's iconic moments like that throughout the trilogy. You can pick out your own favorites. But I, I think that the this kind of a matchup, if it ever gets to that, which I think it will, it's going to be one of those, even though this is not a movie, you know, live-action movie, this is just an animated show, I think this could be the potential of having be one of those quote-unquote moments in the saga where we're going to look back at episode one through nine and Rebels and Clone Wars and go, oh, that's, that's one of the d- defining moments in Star Wars is when these two match up. Just because of the the progress we got from Ahsoka seeing her in the beginning, which nobody really liked, and she grew now she's like a fan favorite. You know, when she showed up in the season premiere, everybody's going crazy, and uh, of course, when you got Vader. But that's one of those things where I've always wondered, like, you know, is that going to be a finale type of thing? Is where these two finally match up, and, and but they don't waste any time in this first episode getting to it, so. Gosh, it was just it was just really good. And like you said, Tim, James Earl Jones is back and doing his thing. He sounded fantastic, and uh, just everything you wanted. And there's one scene where when I talk about the power of Vader, like, and this is I think in the trailer, he actually does like an overhand like strike on on Kanan, and it's so hard and violent that you see like the lightsabers they don't, they don't even stop together. They kind of clash and bounce off because it's so violent. Yeah. And the spark kind of flies out from them. Of course, you know, like the Jedi spark or the yeah, lightsaber sparks when you hit. And it kind of sparks and it's really quick. Just like you, it just makes you feel and visualize uh, how powerful Vader is. Like he's just, he's not really much finesse anymore like he was when he was, um, you know, more, obviously more man than machine. I thought he was really finesseful in, in episode three. He was able to show power and, and finesse, especially when he fought Dooku in that first beginning uh, part. But now it's just full on just he's just all power and brute strength now. And they really show that well in, in this episode and how he fights. And that's the kind of thing and a detail that I enjoy that, that the creators are are showing us in this series. And I just love that. So. I, I, I'm just like you, Tim. I'm echoing what you're saying. Just everything about that was was great. And that's just the Vader stuff, like I said. So, yeah. Woo, so good. The thing so about good. Vader too is that from people that I know who saw it at the celebration Anaheim, just seeing talking to him or seeing like responses online and tweets saying how this might be like the most 
scariest version of Vader that they put right. on screen just yet. And yeah. I tend to agree with that from how he was revered. And it's like you said, Matt, the power that he showed. It was just, yeah, I, it's hard to argue that. I mean, it's kind of, some people might say, oh, like, how can you say that? Like, he's such a classic character in the original <laughs> trilogy. But, yeah. I mean, like you said, this is Vader without in his prime and without like the burden of worrying about his son, Luke, <laughs> like what to do about that. I mean, this right. all he has is hate in this time period. He has nothing worth living for <laughs> pretty much. So yeah, we're seeing him like the full like version of Vader that's feared throughout the ga galaxy. And it was just, yeah, so cool to see that. And this yeah. again, to reiterate how cool it is seeing these two episodes and even the season finale, which they showed in front of it, seeing right. it with a crowd of Star Wars fans, it just makes it even better. I mean, the cheers yeah. when Vader first came on screen and when Soka revealed herself in the season finale, seeing the fan reaction is just great. And then just the awesome moments that happened in the season two premiere, just getting the crowd all worked up, just made it even better. It's like, yeah, just a real highlight from Celebration Anaheim. It was just something amazing. Yeah, man. I mean, like going into Celebration, um, I, I think definitely you know, and, and Tim, you and I talked about this a lot, but like the thing I was looking forward to the most, obviously was the force awakens panel, um, just to see that new trailer and everything. But battlefront was like right behind that for me. Um, and I still, you know, was pretty excited about that. And I loved seeing all that new battlefront stuff, but, uh, yeah, man, the rebel season two premiere definitely for me, uh, it, it jumped a spot over battlefront. Like after now the celebration is over, like that is easily my second favorite moment. Um, just getting to see all this new stuff, uh, with, you know, Vader and the new episodes and, of course, Ahsoka and, and see more of uh, the Ghost crew and everything. Um, and, Matt, one more thing that I just kind of wanted to touch on that you mentioned, um, or it was one of you guys who was just talking about how this was kind of like the scariest we've ever seen Vader. Um, and I think they definitely added um, sort of almost a new element to his character that we didn't really see in the movies, which was sort of that um, just the, the fear and the dread and... Um, I don't know, almost what it's like for, for a Jedi to feel that through the Force. Um, because we don't really see much yeah. of that in the original trilogy because Luke obviously is still young and is you know learning the Force and, and you know isn't all that in tune with it yet. And then, of course, by the end of Return of the Jedi, uh, you know he is much more skilled and in tune with it and all that. But now he knows Vader's his father, so he has a whole different set of motivations for wanting to confront him and everything. Um, but when you just see... Uh, some of the reactions that like Kanan and Ahsoka and Ezra have just when Vader's nearby, um, you know, the ghost crew will be you know on a mission or something. And they're like, okay, let's blow up these walkers and get the heck out of here. And then Kanan just like stops in his tracks and he's like, guys, like I feel cold and scared right now. And I don't yeah. know why, but something is very, very wrong. And then you just see Vader walk through a doorway and you know, it's like the, the air just gets sucked out of the room um, it was almost like a, like a Darth Maul reveal the way they did that, you know? With yeah. The, him, yeah. Him except, standing, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even with Darth Maul though, for, for Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, it wasn't necessarily of like a, Oh crap, we're terrified moment. It was more just sort of no, like, yeah. Oh crap, who is this guy? Uh, yeah. you know, he, he's after the queen and he's got a double bladed lightsaber and all right, we're going to do our Jedi thing and fight him. But, um, Man, yeah, just to see everybody just, like, shaking in their boots whenever Vader walks in the room. And, of course, we're kind of used to seeing that from, like, Imperial officers and stuff, from people who know Vader by reputation and know that he is big and powerful and is to be feared and all that kind of stuff. But um, even for these characters who are encountering him for the first time, um, to see that, like, you know, they don't even know who this guy is. But before he even walks in the room, Kanan's already scared for his life, so... 
Uh, I mean, that was yeah. a, a really cool element to add to the character. And, you know, I, I don't know if I should necessarily say add to the character. Like, it's something that it makes sense for, you know, for Vader to have all along. But we just never really see it that much because we don't see him around a whole lot of other, you know, experienced Jedi who've never heard of him. Like, this is kind of a new situation that we're seeing here. And it was just so cool. Yeah. You know, we saw the trailer beforehand and that got everybody pumped. And uh, like they do with a lot of this stuff with the trailers, uh, and Mike is probably the one that pointed this out to me a while ago, they do tend to show, like, the trailer is a lot of the stuff from the very first, or, you know, few episodes or first half of the season. I know they did it a lot with the Clone Wars. But so if you saw the trailer, you did see a lot of what was in uh, in the first episode with some stuff left out for major, you know, major impact. But I have to agree with you, Kyle. I think um, go, going into it, I mean, there's as big a Rebels fan I am, it, it was about seeing the Force Awakens trailer. But, man, they really knocked it out of the park with, with Rebels. And, and of course, the Rogue One thing. Every day, me and Mike talked about this, every day there was a, like, a nice surprise for us. You know, we got, of course, the Force Awakens on Thursday, uh, Battlefront Friday, Saturday was Rebels, and then Sunday was a nice little treat with the Rogue One thing. I know you guys talked about it on your last episode how um, we went into that and, and me and Mike go, wait a minute, they're not, they're not simulcasting this. So something's up, you know, they're going to show us something. And you know, who knew they were going to show us like this concept trailer, but that was, that was really cool. But yeah, I'd have to say the rebels, man, that was like number two on my list of just all the great stuff that happened that weekend. This really, I, I knew it was going to be good, but man, it, it just really blew me away. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I mean, I think we've pretty much talked as much about that premiere as we can without starting to yeah. give away more spoilers <laughs> and stuff like that. Serious um, spoilers. I yeah. will just add one more thing. The last shot or the last scene of that season two premiere, man, it's going to get you really, really excited for the rest of the yeah. season. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Perfect so way great. to end it, too. Yeah, um, definitely, definitely. But, yeah, I mean, just start to finish, that was so great. And like you said, Tim, this was like our first – it's the first canon official you know, Vader material that we've gotten since Return of the Jedi. Um, and with James Earl Jones back doing the voice and everything. And it's it was almost one of those things where, like, you knew it was going to be cool just because as, a, you know, as Star Wars fans, like, Vader may not be everybody's favorite character. But I, I don't think you can call yourself a Star Wars fan if you don't at least like Darth Vader. Um, you know, so it's like, we knew it was going to be cool because Vader's a cool character. We all like Vader, but then actually seeing it on screen, it's like, man, I forgot how, you know, sometimes you forget how awesome this guy is. Um, and of course, you know, just to see him in a new story and stuff too, was just really cool. You know, I have to say too, like Tim pointed this out earlier about, um, you know, should they do Vader? And I know some fans were like, oh, they're kind of on the fence because he's such a, he's such a, you know, iconic character. And do you want to put him in a, in a an animated thing, but I got to tell you, like, I kind of was sort of like that at first, you know, like, Oh man, what are they going to do? Cause he's, he's my favorite character. I love a good bad guy. Right. And, uh, you know, when they, they brought him on this series in the beginning, like, okay, that was cool. It was just a nice little shot here. And we got James little Jones, which makes it just perfect. Right. But, but like this second series opener or second season opener, I was like, wow, this is, this is really good. This is what I want. And, and now you can kind of trust that this story group and Dave Filoni and Heldago and, and Leland Shee, I mean, all these guys are involved in this story group. They're really like, like they're fans and, and they know what we want. It seems like they're, they got, they got what we want. They're, they're right on the pulse of the situation. They know exactly what is, what is 
was needed, I guess, at least for me. I mean, they're just they're hitting everything right. And uh, I don't know that if it was anybody else that they would do it as good as they're doing it now. So I just got to say, like, the whole story group idea is so far, I mean, knocking it out of the park. And then, then the stuff we found out from, I know you guys talked about, I think, Rogue One last episode, but the fact that possibly we can get some ties between Rebels and and Rogue One or the spinoff series, any of the spinning, uh, actually the anthologies, uh, knowing that we can get that, I mean, wow, that's some that's some really crazy stuff. To to go that far to to maybe see a Rebels character in live action sometime in an anthology, woo, man, that is really cool. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's taking the story group, and that's that's just knocking it out of the park. I mean, this is like. You know, this is like Marvel stuff. I mean, I, I'm not huge on Marvel, but is Marvel even doing that? I mean, I know they have animated series, but do they tie it in as like the story group is doing with with Star Wars? I don't, I don't know. Maybe you guys can help me out with that. Just a Sometimes. little bit with the TV yeah, show okay. Agents of Shield. Yeah. Okay. Right. 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 And I've also heard that. Um, I mean, I don't even know if this is even confirmed or not, but of course, you know, they've got the new Daredevil series out, and I heard that the guy who plays Daredevil in that actually has it in his contract to like do. Uh, a movie at some movie. point, oh, okay. which probably wouldn't be like a solo movie kind of spinning off of the TV show, but I'm assuming it would mean like him joining in as part of the team up in, I don't know, Civil War or Infinity War or something like that. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, certainly I don't, well, of course with Marvel, there aren't a whole lot of like new original characters because they're all from the comic books anyways. But um, right. yeah, I certainly don't think they've ever like introduced a character in a movie that originated in an animated series. Yeah, and I don't have any idea like which character they they could possibly because Tim, I know you were at the panel at the Rogue One panel with me and Mike. Um, she did say Kathleen Kennedy when they asked about you know Rebels characters because it, it's in the same timeline. You know, we're talking about the same timeline here, like really close because Rogue One is is teetering towards Episode Four, so it's real close. And she kind of just put her hands up, like basically it was like. Yeah, but I can't say anything. But yeah, like, we you know, know what character could it be? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it could be something as small as, like, whoever the main group of characters are on that planet. And, like, we need a getaway ship. Like, how do we get off this thing? And then you see Hera flying with the ghost. And right, yeah. that's, like, the escape or how they get on the planet. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, the whole crew, but maybe just one or two members. Because maybe, who knows how long the series is going to last, but... Um, if it's closer to the New Hope timeline, maybe that's where Rebels is going to end. And then if the yeah, series, yeah. well, it'll be on like by the time Rogue One comes out, it'll be uh, during season three. So I'm sure the series will still continue on. But you never know. I mean, this could have a yeah. slight cameo by one of the characters like Hera or. Sydney. And even that would be cool. You know, even that'd be cool. Just that just to tie in all all the universes, not the universes, but all this, all the mediums together with the yeah. you know, with the animation and the. And the live action stuff and all, all that in comics. I mean, just to tie all together would be so neat. I mean, it, you know, that's something that I would like to see. So. Yeah, it would just be yeah. a really cool experience to be in a, at a theater and see someone that you've watched on a TV series show up yeah. in the movie. Because oh, yeah. we're seeing characters from the movies go on the TV shows, but to have it right. be in reverse, that'd be just really, really cool. Especially for, right. I mean, because, you know, the casual fans might not be aware or watch Star Wars Rebels or Clone Wars, but for the hardcore Star Wars fans who watch those TV series, that'd be something really amazing to experience. Yeah. Right, it'd be like an Easter egg for the hardcore Star Wars fans because we'd be like, "Oh, there's you know, like you said, there's Hera," and everybody else, like the the casual fan that's just going to the movies, are going to be like, "What, what are you talking about? Who's 
They're just going to see that character and it's another yeah. character. Why is everyone clapping here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I also wouldn't rule it out either that we could maybe even see Ahsoka in there. Because um, I know oh, they, yeah, they, like, yeah. they went out of their way to say, you know, there's going to be like no Jedi, no Sith. This is all just about, you know, the rebellion and the, the rebel soldiers. And it's kind of like a nitty gritty war movie kind of thing. But they've also, you know, in, in talking about Ahsoka since she showed up in the uh, Rebel Season 1 premiere, um, and, you know, we've, we haven't seen her use her lightsabers yet, but in a, you know, we've seen promo images where she's got white lightsabers now, and it's kind of supposed to signify that she's not really a Jedi anymore. She's just kind of off mm-hmm. doing her own thing. I don't know if you want to call her, like, a gray Jedi or just a Force user or whatever, but, um, you know, I, I think it would still be pretty cool to maybe see her as like a, a rebel general or something like that. I don't think she'd be like a main character of the film, obviously. Um, Cause if they were going to do that, I think they'd be hyping that up already and people would be getting super excited about it. But just to see her, you know, again, like you were saying, just maybe have like a, a small cameo appearance, um, you know, giving the rebels a briefing for this mission that they're going to go on or something like that. Um, where, you know, she wouldn't be in an action scene using lightsabers or anything like that, but just to see her as, uh, you know, as an officer in the Rebel Alliance, like we've seen her in Star Wars Rebels, I think that would be really cool, too. She can be that movie's Mod Mosma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, I was thinking of uh, General Dodonna from Episode 4, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, something like that. Yeah. But, so- um, yeah, so, I mean, we've we've talked about the premiere but uh let's talk about some of the stuff from the rebels panel that was actually earlier in the day uh before we saw the season two premiere but i figured we'd uh, save this for after the premiere because we talked about the first two episodes and now let's talk about that trailer and uh, some of the stuff that's coming up for the rest of the season um yeah i will say that i know we're talking about it in reverse i know that i was talking about it with a few fans too like it's kind of strange that they're having the rebels panel and then they're having the premiere later that night but i think it actually worked out great because we're in that panel getting hyped up about star wars rebels and then they show that amazing trailer then after that trailer you're all excited like oh man i can't wait to watch this and then you just think you know what we're gonna see this in a few hours <laughs> i thought that yeah. was just really cool <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, there's so much cool stuff in that trailer. I'm thinking, like, where to start. But I think there's so, really only one place to start after we've already talked, you know, Vader and Ahsoka to death and everything. Yeah. Um, we know where you're going. How about those clone troopers? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was – that would probably got I, – I, I don't know, guys. It's hard to say. That probably got as much of a, of a, a cheer than anything else was seeing Rex – and no, uh, I'm was it from that, Matt? It did get the biggest cheer. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's what I thought. And, and, and you know, that's not some... really surprising because no, I, mean, no, I, no. I wasn't there at the panel, and I'm trying to remember what I was doing that morning. I'm like, why didn't I go to that? Um, but you know, of course, we all knew uh, going into that that Vader was going to be in season two. So um, of right. course, you know, I, I can just imagine showing that trailer there. Everybody would be excited to see Vader on screen again, but. Um, you know, we, we knew that was coming and it's not necessarily a surprise. I had no idea uh, that they would be bringing in clones in, uh, in in season two, basically. Like I knew or I had a feeling that maybe at some point um, they might bring in Rex or some of the other clones. And of course, they've also talked about for just sort of like some of the backstory of this show um, that there might be some clones who are still with the Empire who are, uh, you know, of course, they're aged out now, um, you know, because they age twice as fast. These guys are probably, like, in their 60s now or whatever. Um, but they could still be serving as, uh, you know, instructors, drill sergeants, that kind of thing. So I thought we might see some of that at some point. Um, 
But I, I didn't think that in the same season where they're getting everybody hyped up about, you know, Vader and Ahsoka and, you know, just as big of a reveal as that was, that, you know, in, in the same season, it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, Captain Rex is still alive, too. And he's got some <laughs> other clones with him and they're, uh, you know, living in an old rickety ATTE from the Clone <laughs> so Wars out in the desert getting chased by, oh, yeah, prototype ATATs, like... That was also really cool to see, but I feel like that just kind of got glossed over because everybody's so excited about the clone troopers. But, uh, you know, cool to see those iconic walkers again, too. Yeah, you know what's good, good too, is like they showed the trailer and there was just some some classic like stuff like you'd see Kanan in the, the snow uh, sand trooper armor. Uh, it just like harkens back to seeing Luke and Han and that. Uh, and then, of course, like like Tim said, I mean, Rex got this huge applause, and he's what probably he's got to be what sixties or seventies now, maybe. Yeah. I, I, what's the timeline? I guess I guess that's what it is, right? Yeah, yeah well, I, I mean, I guess sixties. Technically, yeah. this is I guess we're like fifteen years after A New Hope now, um, and so you know, so if or, maybe 50. I'm sorry, fifteen years after. Revenge of the Sith, which is then three years after Attack of the Clones, and the Clone Army was created ten years before that, so that's, what, 13 and 15, so 28 times 2, so yeah, around 60, I guess, because, I mean, who knows, you know, it might be slightly imprecise, but, um, yeah, yeah, so around 60, I would guess. Yeah, and just seeing him, like, you know, he's kind of, he's got the beard, and he's kind of a little chubbier now, he's kind (laughs) of... You know, he's kind of not necessarily let himself go, but that's what happens when you start to get older. Just things start to sag a little bit. So that was really cool to see. And that's one of the things, like, a lot of us wondered after the Clone Wars because it ended so abruptly. Like, we didn't get the story of what happened to Rex. And, and, you know, I did have a feeling, knowing that it was Filoni that was doing Rebels, that we could possibly see uh, Rex come back because he's such a fan favorite. And sure enough, we got him in the trailer, and I th- we got a few other surprises in that trailer with uh, some other fan favorites that are that are coming back to uh, to Rebels. So, yeah, of course, Hondo Anaka was in the trailer. Yep, we're gonna we're gonna see him coming back again and helping out in the in the new. It looks like we got uh, new uh, Inquisitors, and you notice that and something that I noticed about these Inquisitors is they all have the same uh, they all have the same lightsaber. If I'm not correct, yeah. right, guys? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I noticed that too. And they they might be slightly different um, just because I, I did notice one of them um, and it was, you know, just like a brief freeze frame. So it was kind of hard to tell, but it looked like it almost had um, like a little point in the middle of that sort of curved handle um, when it's just the one saber or something. So, I mean, they might be like slightly modified or something, but yeah, I mean, it, it definitely is the same basic uh, mm-hmm. design where it's like a... Um, almost like a, a fencing saber kind of thing where it's like just the one blade with the curved handle around the hand, but then it can flip out to a whole circle and go double bladed and everything. So, um, yeah, definitely interesting to see that uh, not only are there multiple inquisitors, but that they all use the same weapon. Um, but of course there's also been a lot of speculation as to who these inquisitors might be. Um, cause we can see right, in the trailer, yeah. we see two different ones. There's, a one that looks like a large male alien who's probably a new character that we don't know, or, you know, that we haven't seen before. Um, but then there's also uh, one who's clearly a female, um, but is wearing a mask, so we can't see her face. And I don't know about you guys, but um, I'm thinking, and I've I've heard a lot of other people with this same theory that that's probably Berezafi. 
right? Yeah. I mean, when I first saw the trailer and I saw that, immediate reaction was, oh, that's probably Ventress. But then after thinking about it, no, because she kind of left that lifestyle, as we saw in the Clone Wars, and we don't know what her fate's going to be until we read that novel, Dark Disciple. And then, like you said, Kyle, the next obvious one is going to be Barriss. And despite it maybe being a little obvious, I think it makes perfect sense, too. I mean, she very well could be the very first Inquisitor of the Empire. I mean, when she was uh, uh, revealed to be the mastermind behind the plot against the Jedi Temple in, mm-hmm. in the Clone Wars arc, um, she was obviously, I mean, Tarkin was looking for the death penalty for Ahsoka. And if she admitted what she, that she was actually the one who did it, you would think they would probably try to get that same fate for Barris too. But with Palpatine being in control of the courts and all that, he probably sent something in her. Well, you know what? She might be useful to me later on. So instead of having her executed, maybe he just kept her in a prison for a little bit until the Empire officially became the new power in the galaxy and then went to her right away and say, okay, this is what we're going to be doing now. Like with Sith or not Sith Inquisitors because they're not really Sith, but just Inquisitors for the Empire who are force sensitive. I mean, she would be the perfect candidate to be the first one of those. So, yeah, I think it makes mm-hmm. perfect sense if it's Barris. And I'm kind of thinking now where if it's not her, I might be a little disappointed, but <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. So, But I think yeah. all signs are kind of pointing to it will be her. Yeah, I mean, just in the, like in the brief couple shots you see in the trailer from her sort of her physique and her, her animation, like fighting style and everything, it does maybe look to me a little bit more like Ventress than Barris. But just thinking about, you know, I, I've thought about all those same things that you just mentioned, Tim, um, and I think it just makes so much sense to, uh, you know, to have her uh, be an Inquisitor, um, and also. You know, knowing the the friendship that she had with Ahsoka during the Clone Wars, it's like we almost get a chance to uh, continue that struggle here because yeah. now I want to see Ahsoka face off against Barriss. Um, maybe almost, n- not quite almost as much as I want to see her face off against Vader, but that would be another cool showdown to see. Um, and, you know, that, that could kind of be, uh, I don't know, maybe the mid-season finale or something, you know, a, a stepping stone on the along the, the longer path to the big Vader Ahsoka showdown that we all want to see. But um, yeah, I think there's a lot of potential for some cool stories there as well. Yeah. We know from, from the beginning of this rebel series that, that uh, the empire is, you know, weeding out force sensitive, uh, of course, children, but you know, also any Jedi they're probably tracking down, uh, they could be holding on to some. And I think there's definitely something to the fact that it could be Barris and that would be a nice little, uh, cool, you know, um, transition from Clone Wars to Rebels. How these these two series are seamlessly going together. And here's a theory that that Mike proposed to me. I don't know if he, he told you guys this, um, but of course we don't know the true fate of. I mean, we do in the comics as far as Darth Maul is concerned. He's still alive, and he thought that he noticed that all these um, Inquisitors were using double bladed lightsabers. Of course, they're not. They're they're kind of cheating with the uh, the way the hilt is built. But he made a comment about how you know could it be that Darth Maul is the one that's that is training these um, Inquisitors? And I thought that was kind of an interesting interesting theory. You know, it's probably not, but it's still fun to kind of speculate on. Could we see since we've seen all these other characters come back from the Clone Wars, you know, Rex and Hondo and all that, you know, what are we gonna are we gonna see Darth Maul? I mean, would you what would you think about that, Kyle? Not necessarily the that he's training Inquisitors, but could he come back? Oh yeah, I mean I think there's there's still a lot of potential there. Um and yeah, kinda like you pointed out with that comic, 
Um, I think if we hadn't gotten that comic, I would be almost convinced that we would see Darth Maul as an Inquisitor at some point in this show. Because the last time we actually see him in the series um, right. is when Palpatine's torturing him and he says, don't worry, I'm not going to kill you. I have other uses for you. Um, well, right. what better use for you know your, your fallen former apprentice uh, to you know than to just use him as a tool to hunt down Jedi and other Force users and that sort of thing? Um, but of course, now that we we've got that comic uh, and we know that Maul did manage to escape um, and that you know he he's still out there on his own, we didn't really get a resolution to that story. I think he certainly could be brought in. Um, on Clone Wars at some point, or sorry, on Rebels at some point. And I mean, at this point, I'm not ruling anything out because like I said, I, I was kind of expecting maybe a little bit of a slow buildup with some of these Clone Wars characters and things. Um, I thought like, okay, we've got a full season of just these new characters. Now season two, they're going to introduce Vader and Ahsoka and kind of ride that a little bit. But no, like I said, in the same season, we've already got Rex and the clones. Um, we've already probably got Barris coming back. And like you said, too, Matt, I mean, the, the stuff in this trailer, a lot of it is from the first two episodes that we saw there at Celebration. But the rest of it is probably only through, I don't know, the first 10 or so episodes of the season. Um, right. Because, you know, just because they still are not you know complete. They haven't completed everything as far as animation and all that stuff goes. A lot of these are still... Uh, work in progress so um you know a lot of it is just kind of holding stuff back to just give us teasers and get you know give a, get us excited for the rest of the season and they don't want to give away everything all at once but they also just don't have everything to show us right now so there's still going to be plenty of surprises down the line that uh you know that we didn't see in this trailer but um so so yeah like i said i would not be surprised at all if we see maul again at some point on this show um, now, as to whether he's working for the Empire, um, I don't know about that, just because obviously yeah, yeah. he and City is parted on bad terms. Yeah, but. I was going to say, they don't have really a good relationship anymore, and I can't see him really working for the Empire or for Sidious, so uh, I can definitely see your point about that, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, whether he's working for the Empire, whether he's working against them, or whether he's just off on his own doing his own thing, there's still going to be... Yeah, you know, a big gap to fill uh, in between, you know, the last time we saw him on Clone Wars and wherever he ends up being on Rebels. And so uh, whether it's through comic books or, you know, other you know novels or whatever other stories we might get or whether it's through, um, you know, just like backstory and exposition that they give us in the, the series itself. Um, obviously there, there's going to be sort of a long way to go from point A to point B. Same with Rex and the clones. Like I'm excited to see them, but at the same time, I'm like, how the heck did these guys end up out in the middle of the desert? And like, I hope we find <laughs> out what happened to Rex at the end of the clone wars and why he's out here and everything. Um, but so, you know, again, even in that regard, I wouldn't necessarily rule anything out because a lot could have happened to Maul in those 15 or 20 years or whatever. So, I mean, maybe, yeah. he, maybe he's figured like, heck Sidious is in control. He's, you know, ruling the whole galaxy now. And if you can't beat him, join him. Like, I just want to get a part of that. Um, or maybe he's under his control. Maybe he's being brainwashed or blackmailed or whatever. There, there's all kinds of possibilities. Yeah. They are going to bring Maul back. I'm kind of hoping they do a little bit. What was in that star Wars visionary comic that came out in yeah. 2005, where he's on Tatooine still hunting for Obi-Wan. I would kind of like that to be his main focus. I mean, the thing with him trying to build a criminal empire didn't work out. He probably knows he can't beat, Darth Sidious, so his focus is going to go on Obi-Wan and trying to kill him once and for all. And just to see 
like the final confrontation between Obi-Wan and Darth Maul once and for all, where Obi-Wan finally kills him for good, I think would be pretty cool to see. And I don't know if we'll get that actually, on Rebels, yeah. but I think that might be the direction <laughs> Maul will go in as far as his storyline in the Star Wars saga. I love that, that idea, though. That might be cool to yeah. see for, like, a spinoff movie or something. Cause, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would be cool to see that on Rebels, too, but I feel like that would just kind of be such an isolated story from exactly. the rest of everything that they're doing. And we do know, um, you know, they're not really doing isolated episodes and story arcs and stuff on Rebels like they did with Clone Wars. Like, every episode is pretty much going to follow the, the Ghost crew and their continuing storyline. Yeah. And going back I to I love the, that idea, though. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, going back to the clones again, uh, one thing I wanted to bring out that in the official press release for the season two premiere, it did reveal who the other two clones were with Rex. I and mean, we kind of knew Wolf was there because of the scar on his eye, but we didn't right. know who the other clone was. And it is confirmed that that is Gregor. The oh, new- nice. Yeah. Is it really? <laughs> cool. I didn't even yeah. know that. Wow. That is awesome. Because I've, I've seen some people like tweeting about that and stuff, but I didn't know it had actually officially been confirmed. Um, but that thought had definitely crossed my mind. I mean, obviously, like the first time we saw rex with two clones in the background my first thought was like oh maybe it's jesse and kicks mm-hmm. um but then you see that one of them clearly has like the scar across his eye and everything i'm like oh okay that's commander wolf um and then the other one i'm like well it's not jesse because he doesn't have the republic logo tattooed on his head um it could be kicks i don't know but you know how cool would it be if it was like some other clone uh that we knew during the series and you know who we didn't uh see obviously in episode three during order 66, like we know that's not commander Cody or anybody like that. Um, but I was like, you know, Dave Filoni did say that in his mind, Gregor was still alive and that he could have survived that explosion. And we never got to see him come back on clone wars, but maybe he could show up in rebels. And so I was kind of hoping that that, that uh, Gregor would be that other clone. And uh, now he is. So that's pretty awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. Going back to your Obi-Wan thing. That's a great idea because um, we saw in the Clone Wars how fixated Maul can get with, with Obi-Wan. He even, you know, obviously kills Satine uh, right in front of Obi-Wan. So he's got this, he's starting to get this um, this this thing with Obi-Wan, this thing going with Obi-Wan where he's going to, like you said, maybe they will do that in, uh, well, shoot, that, that's not going to work now in the Rebels. But I just like that idea, him and Obi-Wan, you know, it's it's one of those things. But I think this this show has proved that you're you you just can't you're never going to tell you can never tell who they're going to bring back you know because we got like you said we got Rex back I mean we've got Vader back we got Hondo so you just never know who they're going to bring in the series and that's kind of one of the exciting things about about Rebels. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't wait to see where it goes from here. Um, and you know, like you said, we can see more characters from Clone Wars come back. We can see more classic characters pop up we can see you know there, there's more room for crossover between uh rebels and some of the you know rebels and clone wars and the anthology films and all that kind of stuff so it really is cool to just be getting all these new stories and see uh just the possibility for where all this stuff can go um but i mean we we've talked about vader and the clones and the new inquisitors and all that kind of stuff um any other stuff from this new rebels trailer that uh, you guys wanted to mention I just say Hondo. I know he's a he's a fan favorite, and mm-hmm. seeing him that he's going to be back uh, was really I had a big got a big uh, ovation from the crowd too. Uh, go ahead, Tim. I think cut you off a little bit there. Uh, no problem. Another cool thing was um, they showed a little glimpse of what looks to be a prototype B wing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Which I mean, we knew before um, we were in the 
like the Rebels recon, I think, after the season one finale, we got our first look at some A-wings, and we saw those in the trailer, too, and now we're getting the B-wings, so I think we're slowly moving our way up to where we're finally going to see some X-wings and Rebels, <laughs> and that's yeah. going to be awesome. <laughs> which, which is kind yeah. of funny, because, I mean, in the movies, we start off with a or with X-wings and Y-wings, and we don't even see the A-wings and B-wings show up until Return of the Jedi, Yeah, um, and yet those are the first ships that we're seeing in... Uh, in Rebels, and I mean, you would think that maybe timeline-wise it would make sense for those ships to show up later, but I think they're going for more sort of building up the excitement and the nostalgia factor and all that kind of stuff, and it's like, okay, we're we're just going to give you guys some Rebel ships first, but they're not going to be your favorite ones, and then you'll be really excited when we finally break out the X-Wings. Yeah, another Um, cool touch I thought about, uh, which I thought was cool when they showed the B-Wing, was that um, it looks like the person who's revealing it to the ghost crew is uh, Mon Calamari, which I know, I believe it's like some EU uh, reference there where they're kind of the species that developed the design of the B-Wing. So the fact that they're kind of throwing in some of that stuff into the series and making it canon, I thought was cool too. Cause I, that was something I always knew was a Mon Calamari were designers of that. And the fact that it's now going to be in canon and I think it's really cool. So that was a pretty cool moment in the trailer. Plus that Mon Calamari that we see in the trailer, it looks like he's got a beard, which is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, yeah, Matt, I know you got to take off here pretty soon, but uh, a little bit later in the episode, um, we're going to, you know, Tim and I are kind of just going to recap some of our favorite moments and highlights from celebration. Um, we've got some listeners who've you know tweeted us and sent us emails and stuff like that. And we're going to kind of, uh, read through oh, everybody cool. else's stuff and kind of do a big celebration recap there at the end. But, uh, you know, before you take off here, um, just anything else you want to add or like what were some of your other, uh, you know, fun moments or, or big highlights of the weekend, the celebration that we didn't talk about yet? Uh, I think you guys talked a lot about it on your, on the part one of this, this series about, uh, the force awakens. Obviously that was the, the best thing that that they did there. I mean, Thursday just kicked off, and I remember t- talking about it like, how are they going to top this? I mean, you can't. You're not going to be able to top it. But what a way to kick it off! And I think what what set the stage for that was to see BB-8 roll out. Um, I think that just that just set a tone for like that whole weekend. Like, holy crap, BB-8. Yeah, I mean, we kind of knew it was going to be a practical thing. And of course, in the first teaser, that's not a practical effect. That's a that's a CGI shot because he's rolling way too fast. But that that droid coming out just set this tone. I mean, everybody started going crazy when he came out. And then as far as the panel is concerned, um, not like a, a lot of, you know, they just, they're just not going to tell us much. But it was all about, it was all about the trailer and uh, seeing it with you guys just sitting there. And I, at the end of it, I just, I remember standing up and turning around and just like throwing my hands up in the air like, are you not entertained? I mean, come on. Everybody was just like, everybody was going crazy. We were in the digital stage and it was, it was like people were going nuts. So uh, that was of course the, the highlight, just getting to see that with all you guys there. That was just, there's just something about seeing something like that with uh, thousands of Star Wars fans. There's just, you can't duplicate that sitting at home or whatever. You just can't. And it, it goes to show how, how amazing this franchise is. When I spent, you guys talked about this in the last episode, I spent probably half hour, 45 minutes one day watching other people watch the trailer. You know <laughs> yep. what I mean? Yep. <laughs> I spent a half hour doing it, just <laughs> watching everybody. And how crazy is that? They're just doing this now. Like, that's a thing. Reaction trailers to this, you know? Yeah. And I, like, and, I've never really ooh, even been geez. that much into reaction trailers. Uh, yeah. I mean, me I, they, they've been around on YouTube for a while, but. 
I mean, having that much of an ecstatic reaction to the Star Wars trailer myself, and like you said, being in that room there with all those people, I'm like, yeah, I, I love watching other people get as excited about it as we were. Yeah, and it just, I mean, every shot, everybody was going, you know, everybody was hooping and hollering, of course, the very end, we all, everybody knows about the Han and, and Chewie moment, and I, I don't know if you guys got, I tried to get this question on the on the Patreon thing the other night, and I missed you guys because I had to work late, but I had posed like a question like, when he says Chewie were home, obviously he means or they're talking about the Falcon. But I wonder if it was a like a nod to the fans from JJ from or from Lucasfilm in general, like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, like an overall, hey guys, hey fans, we're home. Like not not to say anything bad about the prequels, but like don't worry. Like this is what you know you've all are wanting. We're back home. This is your favorite characters. We're going back to old school stuff. And I know it just seemed like it was like an underlying little comment to the fans, like, uh, you know, the overhome thing. So I just kind of got that from it as well. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and just the rest of the weekend was great. Hanging out with you guys, seeing the rebels premiere, the rogue one stuff was awesome. Seeing that trailer, even though it was just all concept stuff, it was really cool to get that and seeing Gareth Edwards talk. I mean, this guy is really, I mean, you could tell he's a fan Yeah, and definitely. Uh, he wasn't afraid to, he even talked about how, they were asking him about doing it. And he even like said a cuss word, like, Bleep, yeah, I'm going to do this thing. You know, he's just, that's the, how excited he is. You know, he can't even control his language during this panel, you know? So that was kind of neat. And of course the battlefront stuff, I'm going to, I'm going to be right there with you guys on Xbox one playing day one. I'll be yeah, there. There we go. Cause I haven't waited for this thing for a long time, you know? So, um, and, and of course, hanging out with all, all my friends and all you guys at the house was just a blast. Like every night, just watching the trailer over and over again and, and getting a chance to just pick apart everything and talk about it. Because, I, you know, I don't get to do that a lot. I, my friends like Star Wars, of course, but I can't go into talking about Rebels and Kylo Ren and, and this and that with them because they're just not that into it. And so it's kind of neat hanging out with you guys in the, in the house and just breaking down every every second of this trailer like over and over again so man what a blast it was i, I can't believe how and 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 it was crazy is i didn't even get to do a lot of panels or anything like that it was just cool just walking around just seeing things that the force awakens exhibit and just just like being a part of the whole experience was was really cool that place was packed guys I, oh absolutely. i don't know what i don't know what the numbers were but Wow, even Sunday was just like crazy packed. So if you had any doubt about this, man, that just that what was going on in Anaheim, and we're still a long ways away from the movie, that it just blew me away how many people were there. So man, yeah, definitely I, I heard, Star Wars back. Yeah, I heard forty thousand. I'm not sure if that was uh you know how accurate that is. Um that mm-hmm. was just something I heard kind of down the grapevine uh, while we were there at celebration. But yeah, I mean Tim and I talk. I think we might have talked about that. On, uh, talked about this on our last one. But man, for that Rebels premiere, we spent four hours in line just waiting to make sure we got into that premiere. Yeah, um, right. Because huh. you know that that pretty much ate up our our whole Saturday right there. But after the first two days of waiting in line for the Force Awakens panel and then the battle Battlefront panel Friday morning, um, I was like, man, I know this thing's going to be packed and there's going to be a huge line for it and I do not want to miss this. And so, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it, it, was it was worth the wait. It was worth the wait. It definitely I think. was. Yeah. Um, Even though we're going to get 
June 20th. That's okay. It's okay. Yeah. But you know was, what? I can't wait to watch it again. And for those of you oh, yeah, who yeah. haven't seen it yet um, and you're just waiting for that premiere on June 20th, man, you guys are in for a treat. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, if you're not watching this, this show uh, and you're listening to this podcast, wow. I mean, you, you're not going to be disappointed. I mean, yeah, there are new characters and it's going to take a few episodes to really get invested in these characters because they're all new characters. But there's some returning characters, some OT characters, and it just, it's got a little bit for everybody. And, and if you're just a sort of a fan to a, a major fan like we are, I mean, you're missing out if you're not watching this series. You've got to check it out, especially this the second season when it comes out June 20th, man. Definitely check it out. You, you won't be disappointed. So, Yeah, I, I was going to say, even, even if you're not a fan of Rebels, but you're a fan of the original trilogy – like if you yeah, don't like yeah. if you don't like Kanan and Ezra, then at least watch the season two premiere to watch Vader, <laughs> you know, wipe the floor with them, and you'll be happy about that. For sure, <laughs> yeah, gotta love that. Yeah, jeez, good stuff. But yeah, I mean, so much good stuff. And Matt, like you said, I mean, that whole weekend was just so much fun. Um, and uh, you know, of course, Tim and I will talk about that a lot later at the end of this episode here. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, thanks so much for joining us. Like you said, it was, uh, it's great to finally meet you and hang out with you over there at Celebration and, uh, Yeah, I know. You yeah. do all our recaps and then, and, and, uh, you know, Tim's doing all the stuff on the websites and finally got to catch up with you guys. So that was, that was cool. I mean, I'll be definitely seeing you at whenever the next one is, which the way they're going, it looks like it's not going to be until, what, 2019 if it goes back to LA, the way they're going, you know, London and back to America, you know, back to the States and back, you know, overseas again it sounds like is what they're doing is that what yeah. you guys got probably um yeah. but i would expect they'll probably like 2017 they'll probably be another one back here in the state so hopefully we can all get to that one again yeah for sure for yeah, sure let's, let's just make anaheim the central celebration location from now on here in the states that'd be perfect because yeah of course that's well tim that's practically in your backyard i was able to yep. drive out there although it was like an eight-hour drive and i know matt that's not too far for you but yeah. Um, then again, I mean, I do kind of hope they can maybe have it somewhere bigger next time because I do think of, it needs to be a little bigger. I think yeah. they just, I don't know if they were really prepared for how, how big it was going to be. I don't know how it was in 2007 when it was in Anaheim, but apparently, uh, when you guys were in Orlando, it was plenty of room, but here, man, I don't know. I, I think they kind of got blown away by how many people actually, I mean, they sold out every single day and, yeah. you know, I, celebration store was sold out within the first day or so two hour lines to get in that four hour lines to get to the force awakens exhibit some people couldn't even get in it it was too long i mean that's that's the and we missed a lot of the panels because they were just booked and they weren't showing them um simulcast which was kind of a bummer like i don't know if they were truly prepared on how big this thing was going to be and some of the stuff that happened like that like not getting to see panels and not having them streamed. They were streamed online, which was cool, and I didn't even realize it. We could have went back to the house and watched it, which we did on one of them, the Mark Hamill one. But oh. some of the other ones, like Carrie Fisher, we missed because it was just it was too big. We got in line and we didn't get in. So I don't know if they were just overwhelmed by how many people were going to show up, but hopefully they do expand it just a little bit because I would have loved just to have a little more room. It was crazy packed, man. It was, it was like a San Diego Comic-Con. You know, It was just shoulder to shoulder a lot of the time, especially on the floor. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Man, it was, you know, especially on the weekend, you know. So, yeah. And I'm just surprised and that we didn't see John Boyega and Daisy, Daisy Ridley walking around. Dang, how do we miss them? <laughs> well, they were wearing masks, and we probably, I mean, <laughs> if we did happen to walk past them or something, we probably just thought they were 
Yeah, like all the other just people. Another cosplayer. <laughs> yeah, it's just another cosplayer. Yeah, you never know. You never know. So, yeah, was, thanks for having me on, guys. Man, I had a blast. I could I could go for another long time, but unfortunately, you know, it's one of those my kids like constantly in sports and got to go pick them up all the time. So, uh, but thanks for having me on, man. It was a blast. Love talking about it. And and stay tuned for uh, Rebels podcast. Uh, you know, soon after the June twentieth premiere, me and Mike will be uh, jumping on and breaking down both episodes uh, just a few days after that premiere. So look out for that if you're listening to this, rebelspodcast.com. Part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network, yes. Yeah, and you know, I have to say, I'm really looking forward to writing the recaps for that episode. Yeah, Um, I know. So it's funny, like, sometimes I'll I'll, I'll text you like, hey, uh, do you want me to write it? You're like, no, I kind of like this one. I want to do this one. (laughs) Yeah. All right, cool. So it was a blast, though, man. Thanks for having me on, guys. Oh, well, thanks for joining us, Matt. It's been uh, awesome to have you on Talking Rebels with us. Um, hopefully yeah. we can do it again sometime. You can stick around a little bit longer. But, uh, yeah, sure, yeah. Can't, can't, wait, can't wait to hear you guys over there talking about this in, in full detail uh, once the episode airs. Um, yes, sure. So, yeah, like you said, you guys uh, can check them out over there, rebelspodcast.com um, and, uh, you know, Thunderquack Pod- or what is, What's the actual website? Is it thunderquack.com? You can find all of our podcasts. Uh Shoot, I think probably uh, Tim would know better than me. <laughs> I think it's just Thunderquest. Yeah, Thunderquest.com. I'm actually, now that you mention it, I'm like, Thunderquack.com or Thunderquack.net? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's okay. Mike, Mike, Mike was here, you know it. Just, well, Mike can never remember it either, either when we do the roundtables. So. <laughs> it's it's for Thunderquack.com. That's what it okay, is. yeah. So that's where you can find... Uh, you know, all and of all our the podcasts, podcasts, including yeah. the Rebels podcast. But, uh, yeah, so yeah. thanks so much for joining us, Matt, and uh, we will talk to you later. Yeah, I'll listen to the rest of the episode uh, when you guys put it out, man. But uh, thanks again, and we'll talk soon, man. We'll talk soon. All, all right, right yeah, see you later, man. Have a good one. All right, guys. Bye. All right. Um, so, Tim, we'll move on from talking about uh, Rebels. Um, the, the one other big thing from Celebration that we wanted to hit on in this episode um, is all the Clone Wars stuff that we got to see there too? Um, I mean, starting with that uh, the Clone Wars Untold Stories panel that we got to see Friday afternoon. Um, I think wait, was that Friday? No, that was Thursday, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, I mean that, the, that Thursday that was kind of the other big thing that day besides the Force Awakens panel was just going um, and getting to just hear Dave Filoni talk about um, all these stories that they had planned for the Clone Wars. Um, that they didn't get to finish. And uh, man, I mean, it, it's just one of those things where on the one hand, it just breaks your heart because you hear about all this stuff and it's like, man, it would have been so cool to see that and see this, that, and the other thing. And um, especially, I mean, he he talked about um, that they had a plan in mind for the end of the series and that it would have gone uh, like through and after the events of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, we uh, would have seen Ahsoka <laughs> and Rex and all these characters seeing what was happening to them during uh, Episode 3 and during Order 66 and all that kind of stuff and then seeing the aftermath of it afterwards. And that was always, I mean, I, I think pretty much from the beginning, um, I, I don't know for sure, but for a long time that was how I wanted to see the Clone Wars series end. Um, I just thought that would have been a, a perfect way to end it, to basically retell the events of Revenge of the Sith, but from the perspective of some of the new characters that we got to see in Clone Wars. And um, just to know that that actually would have happened, I was just like, oh, I I really hate that we're never going to get to see that now. But, I mean, man, at the same time, though, it was so cool just to to see some of this stuff come to light. 
Um, and it's like, you know, it might hurt that we never get to see this, uh, you know, as see these as full episodes, but at the same time, it is kind of cool to see the concept art and the story reels and all this kind of stuff. Um, and man, I just love that Dave Filoni and, uh, just the, the rest of the Clone Wars crew over there at Lucasfilm still do so much to just get these stories, um, out to us, you know, bit by bit, piece by piece. Um, you know, they talked about like the, the Darth Maul comic and the, uh, Dark Disciple novel that's coming out. Um, and of course we'll talk about this a little bit after we talk about this panel, of course, the Bad Batch, uh, screening that they had there. Um, but you know, I, I love that even though the show is ended, um, it's not just like, oh, well, you know, wrap it up, throw it in the vault, move on to the next thing. But, you know, they, they care about the show and care about the fans who care about the show, um, enough that, uh, you know, they still get us little bits and pieces of stuff when they can. Yeah. When we're at the panel, I think I said this where, you know, this is an amazing panel at the same time, a depressing panel because of the stuff we were going to get, but not necessarily getting. But then, like you said, it's just cool that they still care about it so much. And for us fans to get the stuff that they were working on and just letting us know some of the untold stories, as the panel was called, that um, we're unfortunately not going to get, but we get a little glimpse of it. And kind of go back to what you were saying earlier, too, where I think it's just really great how George Lucas and Dave Filoni, I mean, they just care about this story and these characters so much that um, even though when Lucas sold Lucas or when George Lucas sold Lucasfilm to Disney, um, we didn't go into full detail about this, but apparently he knew probably we don't know how long Clone Wars is going to last. So just whatever happens, I got to sit down with Dave Filoni and we got to discuss like what's the fate of Ahsoka and Rex, not necessarily to be told in Clone Wars, but just in general in the history of the Star Wars saga, what is the fate of these characters? And, they, George Lucas and Dave Filoni talked about it. They worked it out to have it where in case Clone Wars ended. And now we got Rebels that because Dave Filoni had that conversation with Lucas, he knows exactly what to do with Ahsoka and her fate and with Captain Rex, what we're going to see in Rebels. So I just think that's so great that they care about those characters so much in their stories that they plan ahead. And they know that the fans grew to love them too. So they know they're not going to be forgotten just because Clone Wars is over. So that was just great. And then some of the animatics that we saw there so cool and that like i said at the same time a little bit depressing but um one of the ones i know we talked about this on several episodes and we're we were anticipating the lost missions and what arcs were going to be on there and one of the ones we kept going back to was the boba fett cad bane arc and i can't tell you how cool it was to finally see some of those early uh animatic footage for it I mean, it wasn't finished, but kind of like how the Utapel arc and the Bad Batch were, it, it was just like that. And hearing some of the vocal recordings from Daniel Logan and Corey Burton as Cad Bane, it was just really cool. It was a cool sequence where Cad Bane and Boba Fett were trying to get into a Tusken Raider camp. And Cad Bane like, tells Boba Fett, you know, you have to let them capture you because like, the only way we'll be able to get in, like infiltrate their camp. And like Boba Fett's saying, like, you know what, I don't want to be captured. Like, I don't want to make it too easy for them. And then you just see him fighting the Tuscan Raiders. This is really cool because you and me have been anticipating that arc so much. And just to get a little taste of it was really, really cool. I mean, I heard before that that was one of the arcs that might have been close to completion, but just didn't quite make it. But apparently did get to the completed animation stage. But it looks like most of the vocal recording was completed for it but not all of it because Dave Filoni mentioned that on the panel too or um, most of the stuff like the stuff that we are revealing like the Utapal and the Bad Batch arcs those have fully um, vocal recordings from the actors and they really don't want to show too much to us that just has like the fill-in voice actors on there before they get the main cast to record the dialogue for it so 
I can understand that. And like I said, it was just cool to get a little glimpse of it because you and me have been waiting so much to want to see what that arc was going to be about. And just the premise of it sounded really, really cool how Cad Bane kind of took Boba Fett under his wing because him and Jango Fett always had this rivalry as far as who was the better bounty hunter. And once Jango Fett died, Cad Bane was a little upset by that because they never settled that who was the best. So since Boba is the perfect clone of Jango Fett, no alterations, that was his opportunity to kind of train him to be the best bounty hunter he can be. And then later down the line, they'll see who actually was the best. So just that whole idea and concept was really, really cool. So who knows what stories lie ahead for Boba Fett if they'll ever tell that story or maybe they're going to tell something new. I'm kind of have a feeling that we're not going to see that arc in full because either it's going to be a standalone movie or something else. They're going to do something with the origins of Boba Fett that might be a little different from that. So the fact that we just got this little tease, which is really, really cool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially there, there's a part of that scene where they're sitting in this camp, like in the middle of the Tatooine desert and a bunch of Tusken Raiders come and ambush them. Um, and like you said, you know, Jack, uh, Cad Bane tells Boba Fett, like he has to let himself get captured, but he also says, you know, you don't want to make it look too easy. So you still have to put up a fight. Um, and so you see Cad Bane and Jango Fett just fighting a whole bunch of Tusken Raiders. And at one point, um, Cad Bane just does kind of like, you know, he, he jumps up with his rocket boots and does this spin move where he's like twirling in a circle with flamethrowers going on both wrists. And, uh, you know, even though the flames in this, because it was just like the rough animatic stage, the flames were basically like red blocks. But to see, you know, just to, to imagine what it would have looked like in, in fully fu- finished animation to see, Cad Bane fighting these guys and to see flaming Tusken Raiders just running away in terror. I'm like, man, this would have been some <laughs> awesome stuff. Um, I mean, they also showed some stuff from uh, a series of episodes on Kashyyyk with Yoda and some clones going to help out the Wookiees. And it would have been, you know, again, like I said, we'll, we'll talk about the first Bad Batch arc here in a moment, but um, it would have been Yoda going with these same, uh, this Bad Batch squad to Kashyyyk. And so, you know, we get to see some interaction between these guys and the Wookiees, but then also uh, see Yoda and these good relations with the Wookiees that he has. Um, and, and I mean, that was just another thing where, um, it was just kind of, you know, it's kind of heartbreaking that we won't get to see that episode. And we had heard about this before. I think uh, some of this was like some of the same uh, footage and concept art that they had shown at, I believe at Celebration Europe, they had a panel. Um, and I remember hearing some stuff about a, a Yoda and Wookiees uh, story arc. But I mean, that stuff was never released on StarWars.com or anything like that. So now we got to see it. Um, that was really cool. Um, Dave Filoni also talked about, you know, how they had plans for Ahsoka after she left the Jedi Order, that we would have seen more episodes with her and seen her, you know, on her own and how she was handling things. Um, and so they showed, uh, you know, again, another rough animatic clip where um, Ahsoka was, you know, she's riding a speeder bike through Coruscant and it starts malfunctioning. And she's, it's actually, the the speeder ends up plummeting down that same big hole down towards like level 1313 that she uh went down in what the wrong uh no, what was it to catch a jedi the one where she's on the run or something like that yeah um but you know some of those same familiar course on locales but she's like in a different outfit now um just you know riding along on a speeder bike and kind of having to get by on her own and you know civilian life and without the jedi and all that so that would have been interesting to see yeah, too. like everything that could go wrong for her went wrong for her in that yeah. sequence <laughs> yeah, yeah and then I got to say, the other standout one was, I mean, we're going to get it in the novel, the Asaz Ventress and the boss arc, the Dark Disciple stuff. But they showed some animatics for that. And one thing we were not expecting was that um, this novel, oh, actually, it was planned to be, and correct me if I'm wrong, Kyle, I I might be remembering this wrong, but 
the book is adapting like eight episodes yes. from the Clone Wars. But now, was the whole arc for the Clone Wars intended to be eight, or was it just four? And then they're adding some of the other unused stuff as part of the novel. No, I think it would have been like two separate four episode arcs. Okay, I don't think it would have been like eight episodes altogether, but I think it would have been, you know, a four episode arc in season six or seven, and then a four episode arc in season seven or eight or something like that. That were all kind of part of a larger story, kind of like with the the Darth Maul arcs that we got. Okay. Um, at least that you know that was the impression that I got, but okay, they did yeah, say because... that you know we had wrote we had written eight total episodes for this story, and that the the upcoming novel Dark Disciple is going to be an adaptation of all of those episodes, which made me just you know super excited because I thought we were just getting one story arc. So yeah, I mean this just kind of shows how desperate we are for more Clone Wars content at this point. At this point, <laughs> I'm like it's still just one book, but oh, it's you know encompasses what would have been two story arcs instead of one. Like yes, just more stuff. Yeah, because they showed an awesome animatic, probably the best one from that whole panel where a group of bounty hunters were attacking Dooku, and we see Boba Fett in full Mandalorian armor that <laughs> we know and love him from. And even though it wasn't finished animation, how cool was it to see Boba Fett in his armor? And with some of the other bounty hunters, we saw like Bosk and from other Clone Wars episodes, and just seeing him attack Dooku in that, it was just so, so cool. And Again, they didn't get too far as far as hurting Dooku is, you know, Dooku was able to take him down pretty easily, but mm -hmm. they put up a good fight and there was some cool action beats in there and it was just so cool. I mean, I was not expecting that to be something that was going to be part of that overall uh, Dark Disciples story. So oh, the absolutely. fact that we may see that in the novel, uh, this makes me more excited for it. It was just a really, really cool sequence. Yeah, and they kind of played that up at the trailer too. Um, I think because it was Dave Filoni and Pablo Hidalgo who were out there on stage. And I think it might have been Pablo who you know sort of introduced the clip and said, you know, okay, so this is from a, a scene where – and, you know, they're talking about Dooku – or uh, about Ventress and Quinlan Boss working together – and he says, yeah, this is from a scene where they have to, like, attack uh, Dooku's fortress on Sereno and, uh, you know, but this clip, you know, it might not make sense to you at first or it might kind of raise some questions, but we'll just go ahead and show it and then, uh, you know, you'll, you'll see what I mean afterwards. Um, yeah. So, of course, we're all expecting to see, like, Ventress and Quinlan Voss fighting Dooku or sneaking around in his palace or something. Um, I actually was expecting to see them break into Dooku's fortress and run into Darth Maul. Um, because, and I think I might've said this earlier, but in some of the concept art that, uh, like some of his sketches and stuff that Dave Filoni released online, like right after the Clone Wars series got canceled, um, there was one image of, you know, I, I believe it's from this story arc because it's got, uh, I think Dooku at the forefront and then a bunch of Jedi, you know, uh, a bunch of Jedi in the background of the picture, um, and then I, I think Quinlan Voss might also be kind of like one of the main characters in that image as well. But then sort of like in the bottom half of the image, there's a, a separate picture of Quinlan Voss having a lightsaber duel with Darth Maul. Um, and so, you know, unless they were going to continue that storyline beyond these four story arcs or, you know, if, or these two story arcs or if Quinlan Voss was going to somehow come in later down the line as part of a different Darth Maul story. Um, at least my assumption right now is that that is all part of uh, this whole big Dark Disciple arc. And so... Um, I, I'm still hoping we see Maul uh, show up in the novel at some point, but when they were introducing this clip, I was expecting to see uh, Ventress and Quinlan Boss fighting either Dooku or Darth Maul, but then it starts off with all these bounty hunters, and you're like, oh yeah, like what does this have to do with anything? I don't know, but it's really cool. 
yeah, slow and expected, but at the same time, like, we're like, well, what, what's going on? What the heck? <laughs> but there's Boba Fett in his Mandalorian armor, and oh man, Dooku, like, he's using, he has his, uh, a uh, rope uh, shoot or that harpoon that he shoots wraps around Luke. He tries wrapping it around Dooku, but Dooku uses the force and starts spinning him around. It was like, oh man, <laughs> so much awesome stuff like that. Like, uh, yeah, oh man, what could have been? Like, like I said, awesome but depressing at the same time. <laughs> yeah, and then they also showed another clip from that same story arc with uh, Ventress and Quinlan Vos you know, chasing down um, some uh, I don't know some alien guy on uh, the planet Pantora. Um, and I'm guessing that's from like earlier in the story arc before things get all dark and let's go attack Dooku. But, um, either way, I mean, both of those clips looked really cool and I, man, I cannot wait for this novel. I actually just bought, uh, Lords of the Sith. Um, yeah, <laughs> bought, bought it a couple of days ago. It just showed up in, uh, in the mail from Amazon today. So I haven't even opened it yet, but I will definitely have to get into that. I'm looking forward to that book a lot, but, um, man, that, that is definitely going to have to be done by, july 15th or whenever it is that dark disciples coming out because that is like top of my can't wait to read list right now yeah i mean that's one of those books where right when you get home either from the bookstore or it gets delivered to you if you order it online like you open pick it up and like you want to go directly <laughs> straight to reading it because there's from what we saw at that panel this is going to be a lot of cool stuff and i just have a feeling we're going to get the definitive fate of Ventress in this book. I mean, it's all up in the air right now, but I think we're going to find out what's in for all, like if we're ever going to see her again after that novel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, possibly. And, you know, obviously it'll be definitely be interesting to find out um, along with see all the other awesome stuff that's going to be going on in there. So, oh man, I cannot wait. Yeah. Um, this is a perfect panel to get after you, it was over. Like I said, you're a little disappointed that all the stuff we didn't get, but at the same time we knew the next day we had the bad batch arc. Because they tease a little bit of that stuff in that panel too, but then to get you all pumped up for that next panel where they're actually going to see it was really cool. Because man, <laughs> the Bad Batch arc was awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh, that Bad Batch arc was awesome. Now on this one, we will talk a little bit more about spoilers and stuff um, because just maybe was it just yesterday that they released these? Yeah, I think, yeah. I think it was just yesterday. So the the Bad Batch episodes in their you know unfinished form, they are now on StarWars.com in that Clone Wars Legacy section, along with the Utapau episodes. Um, so if you haven't watched those yet, uh, you know you should just pause the podcast right now, go and watch them, and then come back and listen to us talk about them for as long as we're going to go. Because um, man, these episodes were just so great. And again, you know, kind of like with the with the Utapau episodes. Um, yeah, the the unfinished, you know, sort of the rough animatic stages of the animation doesn't really, at least for me, it didn't really bother me too much because you've still got the full voice acting in there by, I mean, especially D. Bradley Baker as all the clones who just did a fantastic job. Um, but also, you know, you, you've got some more stuff from James Arnold Taylor as Obi-Wan and Matt Lanter as Anakin and everybody else in there. So I mean, between the voice acting and the sound effects and the music and all this kind of stuff, um, yeah, it really felt like the, the whole shebang, like the full presentation of a Clone Wars episode just without the finished animation. But um, the, the stories and the action and everything still came across really clearly. Um, but man, this, it was just so much fun to get to watch this and see, um, you know, all these clones in action. And, you know, I'm sure D. Bradley Baker probably had a blast recording this because the Bad Batch yeah. is like these four uh, sort of these specialized clone commandos. 
Um, and they, they definitely harken back to the season three storyline with uh, 99. In fact, I think the sort of the official designation, like Bad Batch is their nickname, but sort of the official name of the squad, it's like Task Force 99 or something yeah. like that. And they named it after him. Which um, is really cool. Yeah, yeah. It was a really nice callback to that. But basically the deal with these guys is that they all have defects or mutations kind of like 99 did, although none of them are quite as like deformed as he was. But um, you know, they, they've all got sort of what they call like favorable genetic defects. Um, and so rather than just assign them to maintenance duty or whatever, they decided to put these guys through specialized training and turn them into, uh, you know, super soldiers in a sense. Um, and so just seeing these guys work together as a unit was just really cool. But then also they all had, uh, you know, slightly more unique, um, voices and personalities and, uh, and facial features and things like that than you, than you're used to seeing, from the clones, um, just because they were all, you know, like I said, mutated or varied or whatever, they all, uh, you know, had sort of developed their own unique looks and, and personalities and stuff like that, which was just really cool to see and really cool to see the whole act- interaction of the squad throughout the whole storyline. Boy, did their armor look cool or what? I mean, oh, that was probably totally. the only regret. I mean, like like you, I didn't get distracted by saying, oh, this isn't like finished animation. That didn't take me out of it. You get immersed in that arc with the voice acting and the music. It was so cool. But you just couldn't help but think, well, man, it was so cool to see this new clone armor f- fully animated. Because it was pretty much all their outfits were, well, most of them anyway, were like a dark black. And each of them had a unique clone trooper helmet and you know me and my clone trooper helmet design mm-hmm. <laughs> some of these are really really cool where um it was sort of an awesome to see of finished animation but i know we'll probably at some other conventions or future star wars celebrations we're going to see some cosplayers or 501st members have the bad bad charmer and i think that'd be really oh, cool yeah. to see I, i'm sure they awesome. probably will which is going to be just awesome to see um and, and i'm sure that'll just make dave filoni's day to see, you know, somebody dressed up as one of these clones who, like, didn't even make it to a finished episode. Yeah, um, <laughs> oh, so cool. But, yeah, I mean, just to kind of recap the story a bit, I mean, you've got um, and the four guys in this Bad Batch. It's, uh, I'm blanking on some of the names, but no, Hunter is the, the main guy, um, yeah, kind the, of the leader of the squad. And then you've got Wrecker, who's, like, the big brute. Um, Dave Filoni compared him to the Hulk. Um, and then you've got Crosshairs, who's the sniper, um, and it then, might be a little bit of a jerk, but he was probably my favorite out of the bad batch. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then you got, uh, tech who is the, um, the, the tech guy basically. But, um, you know, he did all these cool, like hacking interfaces and he had this really cool visor that could like translate alien languages. Like yeah. he's talking to this alien guy and as the alien is talking, the text like shows up in red on one side of his visor and then it kind of like flashes and translates to Oribesh in green over on the other side of the visor. And, uh, I mean, again, some of this stuff that was just like, man, this would have been really cool to see in a finished animation, but even just kind of seeing the, the rough version of it, like you can get a sense of what they were going for and it just looked really cool. Um, but I mean, kind of the whole story behind these episodes is, um, the Republic is on this planet, um, Anaxis where their, their main shipyards are, um, and they're, they're fighting the separatists there. They've been fighting for a long time, fighting a lot of battles, but they kind of were slowly starting to push back and, uh, and gain some victories against the separatists. But then all of a sudden the, the tide kind of turned against them. Um, and now the separatists have been slowly pushing them back and now they've got to figure out a, a way to stop, stop the bleeding, basically stop these losses before the separatists, you know, push them off this vital planet. Um, 
And so Anakin and Mace Windu are trying to figure out a strategy for this whole thing. And uh, Rex and Commander Cody come up to them and uh, Rex sort of puts puts forth this proposal and says that um, he had developed uh, this some sort of algorithm or something that was supposed to predict the separatist strategies and help the Republic win battles that way. Um, and after sort of analyzing the tactics of how the separatists have been beating them in these battles, Rex is pretty sure that the separatists have gained, you know, gotten control of his algorithm. They're using his own program against him. Basically he's like, yeah, we're doing all the strategies that I propose that are supposed to help us win. But then the separatists are like always one step ahead of us and they end up beating my plan. And like the only way they could do that is if they knew what I was planning or if they were using the same thing to plan against us. Um, and so it's actually commander Cody who suggests they call in this bad batch unit um, cause they're kind of like an off the books, like black ops kind of squad. Um, but they come in and they're going to like sneak behind enemy lines, go to their communication center and, uh, try to figure out, you know, if they're like transmitting codes or broadcasting, um, you know, Rex's battle plans or whatever the thing is. So they go behind enemy lines, they, they take a gunship and it's basically, um, it's like Anakin, uh, Rex and Cody, um, Jesse and Kix, uh, from an Rex's squad. Now, is- and yeah, uh, Jesse's an arc trooper now, which was you know, really cool to see. Um, nice that even though all of Domino squad was gone or so we thought, um, cause we'll get to that in a minute, but, uh, you know, that even though echo and fives are, are kind of gone as Rex's two main arc troopers, like at least now he has Jesse who's, um, gotten that promotion and can still wear the really cool looking arc trooper armor. Um, so it's all those guys along with the bad batch, they go behind enemy lines in a gunship that gets shot down and Cody gets injured. And so, uh, Jesse and kicks, uh, stay behind with Cody to make sure he gets evac'd. Um, and so the rest of the time, it's basically just Anakin and Rex and the bad batch, uh, moving forward with this mission. But we just get some insanely cool action sequences here where you see these four members of the bad batch working together in unison in battle and each using like their different skills and weapons and all this kind of stuff to just take out huge amounts of battle droids. I mean, after their ship crashes, um, you know, Rex is like, all right, we're going to, you know, bunker down. Cause there's like a, a big wave of battle droids coming at them, like down this Canyon where they get shot down. Um, and Rex is like, all right, take up defensive positions and we'll hit them as they come. Um, and Hunter's like, yeah, well, this is my squad captain. And I think I'm going to take charge here. And, uh, we prefer to go to them. And then Wrecker just like rips the door <laughs> off the crashed gunship, uses it as a shield and they all just charge in and, and just wipe out all these droids. And it's just so cool to see. Yeah. I love to say, like, again, even though it's not finished, this is some of the best direction I've seen for these action sequences that were in the Bad Batch arc. Almost probably one of the best of the whole series, I would say. There were just a lot of cool stuff. The way the camera would pan around and show the different uh, shots of the battles in mm-hmm. future episodes, too. There was one where they have a, a battle in a village where they have some help from this tri- alien tribe, but then the Separatists attacking with their giant walkers and how they're being taken down by the bad batch just a lot of cool angles and just the direction on them which is so so good and so many cool action sequences with this with these new clones i just love the idea of the bad batch and just showing how even though we kind of kind of like you said reminded us a little bit of uh republic commandos and delta squad we got a little sneak peek of in uh season three in the night sisters arc but we never saw them in action this is kind of what i like to picture that they would be just no nonsense, just taking down troops of battle droids with ease, not really being any threat to them, just showing how elite they are. A lot of cool stuff. One thing I always like, I think it was Hunter and Wrecker who had like the little knife blades 
in their gloves where they take out droids like they blast them and they use their knife blade to destroy some also just really cool um, ways of how they fought just uh, so good <laughs> i mean i haven't watched them again yet since the premiere but i'm itching to watch these all over again especially to see those awesome battle sequences yeah definitely and yeah i mean like you said i was watching this and could totally just picture this as delta squad from republic commando um, and, and Dave Filoni did talk about that in the Q and a afterwards. He said that, you know, they maybe took a little bit of inspiration from there. Um, I think especially, uh, crosshairs and tech are basically seven fixer from Republic commando, um, where crosshairs is like kind of the, the grumpy, snarky, sarcastic, you know, old guy, uh, you know, no nonsense, just he's a, an expert marksman, you know, always taking out droids with a sniper rifle and stuff. But then every once in a while, he'll just, you know, get you laughing with his uh, his dry wit and humor and uh, just sort of his reactions to the whole situation. I mean, I love there's one scene where um, they're flying into a planet with like a turbulent atmosphere um, and they're in their shuttle and everybody's kind of like bracing for the landing and everything. And Crosshairs is in his chair taking a nap. Yeah, <laughs> um, and, and you definitely got the sense he was kind of like the grumpy old veteran of the crew. Like maybe he aged. Maybe his defect was that he aged faster than the rest of the clones because um, he he had like a thin face and gray hair. And I was like, yeah, he definitely looks older than the rest of the clone troopers. But and speaking of their ship, probably the funniest moment of the whole arc <laughs> when they're walking up to it, Anakin's there, and you know how the clone troopers and like the Republic gunships they have like these drawings of like these of pent-up girls of like different alien species and sometimes humans but on the bad batches ship they have one of padme <laughs> and attic is like what is that doing on there it's like <laughs> yeah. oh it's the senator from the boo and she can negotiate with me anytime <laughs> attic is like that is not staying on there <laughs> that was funny yeah so i mean definitely like a great sense of humor in these episodes as well i mean along with um, all the awesome action scenes and the high stakes and everything. But basically, um, you know, just sort of continuing along in the story, um, they get to like the separatist communication center. They find out where this signal is coming from. Um, and you know, Rex thinks it's like a, a computer or something that's broadcasting that has his, his algorithm or whatever. But then he, he realizes that there's like a human voice coming through in it, that it's repeating, uh, the number designation, I, it's like CT1409 or something like that, that was Echo's clone trooper number. Um, and so he's like, oh, crap, is that Echo? Like, what the heck? Because um, they've made a couple references to this before, too. Um, in fact, at the very beginning, when he's talking to Mace Windu about the algorithm, he's like, well, did you give did you give it to anybody else? And he said the only other people who knew this code were Echo and Fives. Um, and Fives is dead, and Echo was lost in action at the Citadel. Um, but then he also talks about how, you know, and we all know how Echo used to, you know, love to, like, repeat orders and uh, was really, like, strict and by the books and everything. And so uh, Rex says that, you know, Echo used to be able to memorize this algorithm in his sleep, and he would just, like, study it and memorize it over and over again. Um, and so sure enough, they followed this this signal or whatever to its source and find that it's not a computer, but it's actually echo who is somewhat still alive. Um, yeah, certainly in, in bad shape after being blown up at the Citadel. Um, he's got cybernetic legs, one cybernetic arm, but he's hooked up to 
a bunch of machines and computers and stuff on the techno union home world. And they're basically using him because he's got this algorithm in his brain. Um, they're using him to uh, basically as like a human tactical computer to figure out their battle plans and stuff like that. That was um, sad to see him like that, man. Not going to oh, lie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, I mean, I was kind of surprised they went there. This was one of those things where if we had seen this in finished animation, it would have been one of those episodes that you watch and go like, oh, man, I can't believe I'm watching this on a, a kid's show on Cartoon Network right yeah. now. Because, um, I mean, yeah, when they first find him, he's definitely, like, thin and and malnourished and, like, his eyes are sunken in and he's just kind of going crazy. You know, like, when they first unhook him from the machine, he's got the eyes like that are kind of just like rapidly you know moving back and forth and he, he's kind of like um you know convulsing and freaking out and stuff and it's like man he's really in bad shape um and you you see the the toll that all this has kind of taken on him and over the course of the episodes um yeah he, he kind of generally gets uh gets his wits about him again um to the point where at the end of the story they're able to uh actually reinstate him uh, as a clone trooper, and Dave Filoni said there was a scene that they had to cut for time that would have happened right at the end where Echo uh, decides that he wants to join the Bad Batch. Um, and so then in the next story arc that we saw on Kashyyyk or whatever, um, he would have been with the Bad Batch in that storyline. But, um, yeah, so I mean, anyway, I know I'm kind of jumping ahead there, but the rest of the story, they basically, they rescue Echo from the Techno Union uh, they they get back and like you said go to that village with the aliens who were helping them out but then the separatists go after them and so they basically have to kind of rally the villagers um, to get them to defend themselves and uh, you know fight back against the separatists and so they get off the techno union homeworld they get back to the planet with their shipyards and everything um, and then you know they're able to use uh, the algorithm from Echo and um, you know turn the tide back against the separatists um, which also ends with Anakin killing Admiral Trench um, for good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which was pretty cool. I mean, first it's one of those things where you think, oh, and here's uh, you know Anakin going a little dark side again, where uh, Trench has like planted a bomb, um, and this is after Echo has you know turned the basically turned the tide. He, he sh- sends out a command signal from the Separatist command ship and shuts down all the battle droids. Um, and so the Republic has basically won the battle at that point, but then Trench is like, oh, well, I have a bomb that I set as a backup in case you guys stop me, and I'm going to blow us all up, ha, 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 ha. Um, and so Mace Windu goes to try to disarm the bomb, and he can't figure out the last digit to this code, and so Anakin goes to threaten Trench um, and get him to you know, give up the, the last number of the sequence. And Trench is like, oh, you're a Jedi, you know, you can't threaten me, I'm not scared, because you guys are too noble, and that's your weakness, and you won't kill me, and blah, blah, blah. And Anakin slices all his arms off on one side, and he's like, okay, let's try this again. Um, And so he, you know, Trench gives up the code, they stop the bomb, but then Trench pulls, like, a secret, um, I don't know, like a, a, I forget, he pulls a knife or a stun baton or something like that, like, out of his console on the, the bridge of the ship. Um, and tries to one-up Anakin and stab him in the back. And Anakin, of course, senses it coming and just spins around and stabs Trent right through the chest. And um, then, of course, you see him fall over with his, like, twitching spider legs, which is kind of <laughs> creepy, but fitting. Um, and yeah, and, man, that whole escape sequence from the sh- uh, Separatist Dreadnought ship, so good. <laughs> the, yeah. The stuff that the Bad Batch, this, in particular Wrecker and Crosshairs, they do some cool, really cool stuff. I mean... Well, my favorite was when Crosshair, he's like, he looks like he's throwing uh, thermal detonators on the walls of the ship to like explode any battle droids that come through there. But no, instead, 
the like sensors for his blaster. He shoots one, and then just the blaster shot ricochets through off those um, uh, uh, remotes that he put it on the wall, and just annihilates all the battle droids coming through the corridor. <laughs> it was a really cool action sequence, and him and Wrecker were kind of in competition. Like, okay, you top this, all right? Okay, I did this, so good luck trying to top that. <laughs> just awesome action sequence, and then great banter between the clones and that one. I just love that ending sequence. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then, of course, you know, Anakin regroups with them. They escape on the shuttle, and Anakin steals like a self-destruct mechanism from the, uh, the <laughs> yeah. bridge of the ship, and he hands it to Wrecker. And Wrecker is like, you know, he, he's kind of like the big brute guy. Doesn't seem like the brightest tool in the shed, but he's strong. He's loyal. He loves beating the crap out of battle droids, and he absolutely is just happiest when he's blowing stuff up. Um, and so Anakin gives him this, uh, or you know, Wrecker's like feeling kind of disappointed because Crosshair's got the, you know, the one up on him right there at the end as they were escaping and shot all those battle droids. Um, and so Wrecker's like, oh man, like Crosshair's got me and everything. And then Anakin gives him the self-destruct trigger for the ship. And he's like, oh, this is for me. I get to blow it up the whole thing. Oh, this is the happiest day of my life. And, you know, blows it up, which then sends out a shockwave, which basically knocks out the entire Separatist fleet that's there over that planet. And, um, yeah, the Republic saves the day uh, with the help of these, uh, you know, this motley crew of, of clone misfits. Um, but, man, that was just so cool to be able to be there for, you know, the, the screening of that entire four-episode arc. Um, and, of course, like I said before, um, just the the amount of dedication and uh and love and care for this show and for the fans that dave filoni and all his crew have um is just really cool to see i mean especially i don't know if they have it still on the website um or if this was something they did just for celebration but at the beginning of every clone wars episode when they've got um you know the the little fortune cookie blurb or whatever that comes up um sort of the the message or whatever um the one that they put at the beginning of the first episode of the bad batch arc was um, something about like, you know, the battles may be over, but the Clone Wars lives on. And, you know, thank you fans for, uh, you know, all your your love and your support and everything like that. Um, and so it, it really, I mean, between the Bad Batch screening and the um, the panel of the, own, the untold Clone Wars stories, it really just kind of felt like, um, it, I mean, it, it was just really cool to be there. I mean, you, you almost can't describe it, but just the atmosphere and being there with all the Clone Wars fans. Um you really realize like they had something special going on with this show and that even though it sucks that it got canceled, um, you know, it, on the one hand, it's awesome that they're moving on with, with rebels and we get to see new stories with Darth Vader and all that kind of stuff like we were talking about. But then also, um, the fact that, you know, like I said, that they care about Clone Wars enough to still, you know, get us as many of these stories as they can. Um, and they even had like when they had D Bradley Baker and, uh, the writers, Brent Friedman and Matt Mick, Miknovich, if I'm saying that right, I don't know, um, who, uh, who wrote these episodes, had them up on stage for a Q and a afterwards. And you could just see how ecstatic these guys were about it and how excited they were. Um, and you know, how glad that they were that people finally got to see these because they had been working on them for a long time and they were really excited about them. And then, uh, you know, of course the show got canceled and they had been bugging Dave Filoni about like, when are we going to get to show people the bad batch arc? And they finally did. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, like you said, it's so great that, I mean, this came from Dave Filoni. Like, he goes up and asks Lucasfilm, like, is it okay to show this? I mean, you know how busy he is. He's working on Rebels. I mean, he could just say, Clone Wars is over. Like, we gave you the lost missions and all in season six and all that. That was the definitive ending. But no, like, he knows how much fans love it and wants to share 
show us as much as he can. So the fact that he got to able to show us this arc and now that it's available on StarWars.com for everyone to see is just great. I mean, going into Celebration, uh, these Clone Wars panels I really wanted to see. It was something that I didn't want to miss. But going into Celebration, I mean, the highlights were going to be The Force Awakens and the Rebel stuff. But after these two panels, I mean, it was just great to be in that Clone Wars world again. I mean, it just got me so pumped up and just made you realize just how great this series is. And even in its unfinished form, it's still just awesome Star Wars content. So, yeah, like we kind of talked about earlier, there was a day, each day was something special for Star Wars. And Clone Wars had two days, actually, Thursday and then Friday. But mainly Friday when we got the Bad Batch arc and just to see a whole story there. It was just Great to be in that Clone World, Clone Wars mode again for a day at Celebration. I mean, it was just really, really cool. So I got to give our thanks to Dave Filoni and everyone at Lucasfilm just for able to give us this content. And again, too, we didn't know um, if it was going to be on StarWars.com. I always had a feeling it would. But the question is when? Like, is it going to be real long after Celebration or soon? So it was just basically two weeks after, which is great. So mm-hmm. I'm just glad everyone's going to be able to see it now because it's one that's not to be missed. I'm already seeing some reactions from Clone Wars fans on Twitter saying, oh, this is like the best arc ever. And I probably won't go that far, but it's still good to see that everyone's loving it because it really, really is a cool story, especially if you're a big clone fan like myself. I mean, it's going to just please you for being a fan of these group of soldiers who, I mean, we've grown to love over six seasons of the show and that we're getting more stories with them is just great. So, yeah, thanks to Lucasfilm and Dave Filoni. It's much appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. Um and yeah, I mean, like you said, it's just great to see the reaction and that people are loving this so much. And somebody asked Dave Filoni at uh, at the Q and A at Celebration: you know, Are these episodes going to be on StarWars.com? And um, I mean, he he quite frankly said, like, I don't know, um, but I can ask around and try to make that happen. And like you said, I mean, we had a, a sense or a feeling, like, of course, this is going to end up on there at some point. But at the same time, I mean, you never know; it could have just been a Celebration exclusive, and then after Dave Filoni said. Um, that he'd ask about it. I'm like, okay, well, it's it's probably going to end up there now. But yeah, we don't know when exactly. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's great that it's up there already. This definitely isn't something where, you know, I'm going to be jealous and be like, oh, well, I was at Celebration and we were the first ones to get to see it. So like, it should have just been an exclusive. And we we should have been the only ones to get to see it. Like, no, I, I'm just glad that we were there for the exclusive premiere there at Celebration. But now that we're back, like, I, I definitely think they should just share this with as many people as possible because yeah i mean clone wars fans are just gonna love this um i mean if you're still listening to this and you didn't pause it and go watch the episodes first um man what are you waiting for like if you love clone wars you <laughs> yeah. should be you definitely got to check these episodes out um and as you know like i said as long as you can kind of just use your imagination to fill in some of those visual gaps a little bit um because you you yeah, the, the, of course, you got the unfinished animation in there and, and everything, but you can still clearly tell, like, what's going on. You can follow the action. You can see the, uh, you know, follow the story and everything like that. Um, and like you were saying, Tim, I mean, some of those action scenes and just some of those moving shots and everything um, were just, it, it was, like, beautiful, like, cinematically and, yeah. and just so cool to see. And, I mean, the, the way that... Um, you know, you'd see like Wrecker punch a battle droid and he'd go flying across the room and, you know, the, the, the shot would kind of just follow that droid and then stop on crosshairs as he's sniping another droid. And then you'd see Hunter kind of roll into frame and, you know, stab his knife through another battle droid. And it was all just very, um, 
you know, exciting and kinetic. And there was just a real like energy and movement to the whole thing. And it really just sort of helped, um, I, I guess sort of give it this cohesive feel that not only was this just this elite group of like individual super soldiers with their own unique skills or whatever, but that they really gelled together as a group. Um, and you just saw, I mean, just like the, the camera work and the cinematography and everything really just helped to emphasize like how effective these guys were as a unit. So, um, yeah, like you said, just, you know, thank you to Dave Filoni and everybody over at Lucasfilm animation and the, the Clone Wars crew and everything for, for getting these out to us. Cause, um, man, it, it is definitely, uh, one of the, I mean, I, I wouldn't say this is my favorite story arc from Clone Wars or anything like that, but it, I, I think it'll be one of those things that's up there as a highlight for a lot of Clone Wars fans. It's definitely something you don't want to miss. Yeah, totally. It's like one of those things you're just really, really glad it got out in some shape or form for us to experience because it would have been yeah. a shame if we never got to see these. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's just about it for the Clone Wars stuff, unless there was anything else you wanted to mention from either of those two panels, Tim. Um, nope, I think that was about it. Just Yeah, it was just great to get some Clone Wars content at Celebration. And who knows that this is going to be the last? I mean, you never know because... <laughs> They ended production a while ago on this, so eventually we're going to know all the stories that they had planned, unless they're going to keep some really, really secret and not reveal it to us. So, But as long as they want to tell us some of this untold stories and in different ways they want to reveal it, that's fine with me. So it was just cool to get a chance to experience and be there for one of those uh, instances where they're showing us some untold stories that we didn't get in the series. So, yeah, just really, really cool. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, yeah, I mean... I'll say it again. If you haven't seen these episodes yet, go check them out. Uh, mark your calendars for Dark Disciple coming out in July for more Clone Wars stuff. And uh, after that, I guess we'll just have to wait till the next celebration or the next time uh, you know we get a novel or a comic or something like that. But yeah, I hope we still get these Clone Wars stories you know trickling out for for a long time here. Yeah, it's just cool um, because it's about over two years since the show got canceled and yet we're still getting some new stories told to us, which is awesome. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So I think that is, uh, you know, just about all the big stuff from celebration that we wanted to hit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Tim, let's just kind of talk some more about the, the weekend in general. Um, I know we've got some responses from our listeners too, from some questions that you asked about, you know, what people's favorite moments and highlights and stuff were. Yeah. Put it on Twitter and Facebook to, kind of get a scope of what everyone's favorite moments for celebration was even though they couldn't be there just wanted to get because there was a lot of <laughs> great stuff even if you weren't there just to get in these announcements was just great so yeah we got some responses uh first off on twitter um we got one from uh paolo he says that everything from star wars celebration was my favorite moment the cosplays the gallery and the goodies and then uh, John Bailey, who's from the Forcecast and the Modern Myth Media Podcast, who I got a chance to meet that celebration, which was really cool. Been a fan of his podcast for a long time, so it was great to meet him. He says that meeting Star Wars friends in person, which I got to meet him. <laughs> and then he also tweeted a picture of him taking a picture with uh, Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill, which is really cool. I mean, that's got to be pretty high up there for your celebration highlight, I would imagine, <laughs> getting a chance to meet those two and take a picture with them. Really cool. And then also on Twitter... Um, the Ox King of Bashan, who says, following the Rogue One panel live on Twitter was exciting, and reading the instant reactions was a lot of fun. So that was our Twitter responses, but then also on Facebook, um, we got responses from Kristoff, uh, who says, well, I've not been to Star Wars Celebration, but my favorite part was watching all the photos of the fans who were on Facebook. 
And then Brian V. Klein says, clones in Star Wars Rebels or the season two trailer as a whole. The Force of trailer, the Force Awakens trailer was all right. I've only seen it 100 times. Nothing special. <laughs> <laughs> and then Omar, who we got to meet, or, or he's a friend of mine, but you got to meet for the first time at Celebration. Uh, he says, I'm going to skip to my number two favorite moment since it's obvious what my number one was. The Battlefront trailer, since it ties into The Force Awakens, but there is really no wrong answer there. And then Martin Alman, who we also got to meet for the first time at Celebration, which was awesome, says the teaser, BB-8, the Rebels premiere, Battlefront, and meeting you guys. Yes, likewise, Martin. And then, Kyle, uh, both of our siblings responded to this question <laughs> on Facebook. Uh, my brother, Justin, who's probably a bigger Clone Trooper fan than me, if you can believe it, he goes, mine is Captain Rex from the Star Wars Rebels trailer. And then, Kyle, your sister, Kayla, says, finding out BB-8 is an actual robot in the entire Rebel trailer, Battlefront, of course, and that's it. Nothing else noteworthy at all, except for 88 million views in 24 hours for the best trailer ever. I contributed to probably a third of so of those 88 million views. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's possible for Kayla because I think we probably contributed like half of those just yeah. <laughs> at the house we were staying at for the rest of that weekend at Celebration. But, um, man, I mean... Yeah, so much good stuff. I mean, thank you guys, all you for for writing in with your responses. Um, and yeah, again, uh, you know, Martin and Omar, it was great to meet you guys there at Celebration. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, th just so much cool stuff throughout that entire weekend. Um, yeah, I, I think obviously the trailer is going to be tops for most people. That's got to be my my favorite as well. Um and, you know, I, I don't remember if I said this on our last episode or not, Tim, but, you know, like as we were leading up to Celebration, I know I kept using that example um, when I was trying to kind of get you uh, excited for it and, uh, you know, kind of give you a, t a taste of what it was going to be like. And I kept talking about that um, the, the Clone Wars Season 5 premiere at Celebration 6 um, and the the excitement that everybody in the room had when we saw that trailer for Clone Wars season five, where Sidious ignites the double lightsabers for the first time and everybody went crazy. I think it is very safe to say that the, the, just the, the joy and the craziness and the excitement in the room exceeded that when we heard Chewie were home. Um, <laughs> it was just insane and just so much fun. Yeah. I mean, that Force Awakens trailer, like we said on the last episode, that started off celebration. Then you think, how can that possibly be topped? And while that probably is the highlight, I mean, like you said, hearing those words from Han Solo again <laughs> say, Chewie, we're home, uh, just so awesome. But I will say, I'm not going to lie, that Rebels trailer, it was almost the same way how that uh, Han and Chewie moment was in The Force Awakens. When you hear Captain Rex, it's just black, and he just says, my name is Rex. Captain Rex. That was pretty high up there for me. I mean, it didn't quite pass The Force Awakens, but it was like a notch below. It was just an amazing moment. The crowd went wild there, too. And uh, like I said, it was something we'd always been hoping for with Rex to make a comeback in Star Wars Rebels and to know that it finally happened, but at the same time, not expecting in that trailer. Uh, it was still a highlight moment for me, just being in that panel and then hearing Rex speak and then seeing him appear on screen. It was just really, really cool. Yeah, that and I really, too, yeah. I really wish I had been to that that panel. Um, I think that was, what, Saturday morning? And I think by that point, I was just really tired and didn't get up early enough to get there in time. Um, 
But I mean, you know, like I said, it, the the main priority for me was getting to that screening in the or getting to the the season two premiere screening in the afternoon. Um, but unfortunately for me, like I didn't get to have that same crazy reaction watching the trailer for the first time because first I saw people posting all over Twitter like Captain Rex is going to be in Rebel season two, and I was like, oh crap! Like before I read any more spoilers, I should just go watch the trailer for myself. Um, but I was just like down on the show floor and I just kind of like stopped and leaned against a post in the middle of the hallway and just watched it on my phone, but I didn't watch it with headphones. So I got, um, you know, I couldn't really hear it, but I got a lot of the visuals. I saw all the stuff with Vader and everything, but, um, couldn't really hear most of the audio in the trailer. So then it wasn't until later, uh, when we were all in line for the season two premiere later that afternoon, I was sitting there with uh, you and, uh, you know, Paul Herman, another one of our listeners who we got to meet there. Um, and, you know, we had a lot of fun hanging out in line with all those guys, but then I watched the trailer on my phone again with my headphones on and heard the full audio. And by that point, there weren't a whole lot of surprises, except the one thing that I didn't know from the first time around because I hadn't heard it, um, was, you know, that part when you hear Palpatine's voice come up. Um, and I, I think you guys were all laughing at me because that was the one moment where I'm just like sitting there on my phone and then I started like freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and man, I mean, cause I, I've talked about this before, how much I just love Sam Witwer as, as Palpatine. Um, and I'm really glad that he's back doing the voice of the emperor. I don't think we'll see a whole lot of that character in this season, but, um, you know, just getting little bits of them here and there. I'm sure it's going to be, you know, Empire Strikes Back where every once in a while it's just Vader kneeling before a hologram and we, you know, hear him saying, you know, go take out the Rebels on Lothal or something like that. Um, but, man, just, you know, hearing that voice again just gave me chills. Um, and it was just, oh, so cool. Um, I so, do think my favorite line, though, from the trailer is probably Captain Rex's line. I don't know who he's talking to yet. We don't know the context of it, but just the fact that he says, I hope you brought a better class of soldier than those stormtroopers. Just the fact that yeah. him as a clone is making fun of those stormtroopers, which you know, hear me complain about all the time whenever we talk about Rebels, how they can't shoot anything <laughs> to save their lives. Just to hear Rex poke fun at him, wow, that was, I was cracking up. I love that. Yeah, and he really emphasizes the storm, like yeah. <laughs> those are the bad kind of troopers. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm I'm all holier than thou. But yeah, he's like, you know, I hope you brought a ho- I hope you brought a better class of soldier than the stormtroopers. Yeah, um, <laughs> so awesome. I loved it. So yeah, I mean that that was a great trailer. I again, I wish I had been there for that panel. But I mean, aside from that Force Awakens panel, um, man, I mean, obviously for me, some of the highlights, like I said, the Rebel season two premiere has got to be right up there as my number two. Um, just seeing the well, the getting to see the season finale episode from season one um, on the big screen was just awesome. But then seeing the two new episodes um, with, you know, like we, everything we talked about with Matt, just all that Vader awesomeness um, is just amazing. Um, Also, I I got a, well, actually, no, that was the one where, yeah, we, we got up like ahead of the line and got, uh, you know, got good seats with like Mike and Matt and everybody who had gotten, um, you know, press passes and we're saving us seats up front and everything. So that was cool. I mean, not right up at the front, but we had pretty good seats for that show. Um, and and so, I mean, that was just awesome. But then, uh, you know, I I also got to give thanks to you and Paul for getting in line, like right when the line started queuing up for that thing. And so we were like in the front row of the room, um, in the, in the queuing room with people waiting to get in. Yeah. yeah. That whole day in general. I mean, the whole celebration was awesome, but I think that Saturday was Rebels Day. It was just a lot of fun. Yeah. And I got to give thanks, too, to uh, 
Paul Herman and uh, Justin Bolger and uh, Megan from the Force Cast because I met up with Paul early in in the morning. I got there pretty early, and then they were pretty like way in the front of the line just to get into the main celebration hall. So they were able to save me a spot there. But then Paul and Justin, um, they actually went off and they were able to get in the main celebration stage early before anyone else got in, and they had like. The, probably the best seats in the house. <laughs> it was like maybe five rows back from the stage and they were able to save us seats for there. So that was really cool of them. So I got to give thanks to you guys. It was much appreciated. It was just something special being that close to that Rebels panel and seeing that trailer there. It was really great. But yeah, then afterwards, me and Paul were like, you know what? That trailer was amazing. We've seen the lines for other panels. Let's go check out how the line's going for the Rebel Season 2 premiere. Let's see if it's even forming yet. So we go up there, like, yep, there's already people <laughs> lining outside. So we just planted ourselves there. And even as we got there, the line was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I, I texted you, Kyle, like, man, this is getting pretty crazy. You better get down here. So then they led us into the queue, the queue waiting room. And then we just sat there for a few hours, but we just started geeking out about Star Wars in that trailer. It was just an awesome time. Like, I didn't mind at all that we were waiting in line for, like, four hours or even more just waiting to get into that panel. But it was a lot of fun just being able to talk Star Wars with you guys. It was just a really, really fun day. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that, that probably was another highlight of the, the weekend for me. Um, I mean, among the many, many highlights that I had. But, um, yeah, certainly waiting in line for four hours for that premiere, um, just getting to hang out and talk to you guys was a lot of fun. Um, and you know, shout out to the guy in line who gave us free burgers. I yes, have no idea yes. if you're listening to this, but yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, and, uh, you know, but even in, you know, some of the other panels that I had to wait in line for, you know, there were always people that you could just chat with. Cause you know, I mean, at a, at a big star Wars convention like this, you know, you've always got at least one thing in common that you can talk about with just about everybody there. And that's how much you all love star Wars. Um, and I said it before on the last episode, like, just about every line you waited in for a panel or something over the weekend, you know, somebody would inevitably, would inevitably ask you, so what'd you guys think of that trailer? Um, because yeah. it was just the one thing that everybody was talking about for the whole weekend. Um, but also, I mean, the, I, I would say another kind of big, like unexpected highlight for me was the force awakens exhibit, um, getting to, you know, get up close yep. and take pictures and stuff with like the stormtrooper costumes and the Kylo Ren costume and the mask and everything. Um, and the, uh, you know, see the model of the new X-Wing and the, the flame trooper outfits and all that kind of stuff. That was really cool. Um, you know, we, we talked about Battlefront on our last episode as well and, you know, how excited I am for that. So that was definitely a, a big highlight for me as well. Um, but also, you know, the, just the general atmosphere of it. I mean, seeing all the people in costumes, um, like there was one day when we were all meeting up in the lobby of the convention center to meet up with, you know, Mike and Matt and Crystal and everybody else and go off to wherever we were going to go next. Um, and, uh, you know, our friend Carl from the Wampus Lair podcast, like me and him just went outside while we were waiting. Cause there were a bunch of, like, there were people in the lobby, but there were a bunch more people kind of just milling around outside. And we just went out there and started taking a pic, taking pictures with a bunch of people in costume. Um, and, you know, that's where, uh, I think on my, on my Twitter page right now, I've got my profile picture is a picture of me and dark helmet from Spaceballs, yeah. <laughs> um, And I took that picture on that day while we were out there. So, I mean, you know, it's just so much cool. Or it's so cool to be around, uh, just that many star Wars fans and, uh, you know, just the, the excitement and the enthusiasm and just the love for star Wars is, uh, you know, that is also just a big highlight and a big reason to go to celebrations like this. Totally. Yeah. I mean, you get excited for all the panels and stuff and the new information or trailers that are going to get revealed. But then when you're actually there, I mean, the best moments and the stuff you take away from it the most are 
the people you're with. I mean, the friends that uh, we got to meet up with and meet for the first time while we're at celebration. And then, like you said, just sometimes where we would do things separately and we were waiting online, but yet we're all Star Wars fans here, so it's easy to strike a conversation with a, up with someone real quick. So yeah, just the whole experience of being with fellow Star Wars fan. I'm, I mean, this was my first celebration, so I um, was looking forward to it, but at the same time, didn't know exactly what to expect from it because it's actually my first like convention too. So, but it was a really great experience, and I don't know. I had a hard time thinking there's going to be any other convention, whether it's Comic Con or WonderCon that's held here in Anaheim. If if anything's going to be better than a Star Wars celebration, because this was just a, such a great experience. So, yeah. yeah. I don't I mean, think it could have gone any better. Yeah, there's really nothing like it. I mean, on the one hand, like, I go to Phoenix Comic Con every year, and that's gotten really big. Um, and, you know, I mean, that's fun for me for a whole different set of reasons, because since that one's closer to home, like, I get to go with friends that I've known since high school, and we have a lot of fun just hanging out together. Um, and also, I mean, if you're into more stuff than just Star Wars, like those kind of conventions are fun because there's just a wider range of interests. Um, you know, like, uh, I mean, I'm, I also like Doctor Who. And so, you know, I went last year dressed up as the Doctor and that was a lot of fun. Um, this year, I know like Carl Urban from uh, from Star Trek and Lord of the Rings is going to be there. And I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan, too. So I, you know, I, I might uh, try to get his autograph or something like that. But um, I mean, yeah, for for those of us who are, you know, just big geeks in general and love a lot of this kind of stuff. But, you know, Star Wars is our number one. Um, you know, a Star Wars celebration just feels like home. Um, it, it's just so cool. And yeah, like you said, just the, the interactions with the people and just being around other fans um, is, uh, you know, is a big part of what makes it so much fun. I think, you know, if anything, the the one thing that I might remember about this convention, you know, 50 years from now, um, is not necessarily going to be everything that was in that Force Awakens trailer, um, but it's just going to be the way that all of us, you know, freaked out and lost our minds yeah. when we saw that shot of Han and Chewie. Because it's not just the trailer, but it's about just sort of, you know, feeding off that energy of, of everybody else that's there and, um, you know, being with just a bunch of other crazy diehard Star Wars fanatics and being like, holy crap, did you see that? I just saw that. That just happened. We <laughs> all love it and cheer for it. And yeah, that was awesome. Yep. Uh, it's so many great memories that we're going to have for this. And I will be remiss if I didn't say too, even before celebration, we got to go to Disneyland and go on Star Tours a couple of times, which mm. was great. <laughs> I mean, it was cool. Cause I haven't been on it since 2011. And the first time we went on it, we got different worlds. I haven't gone on to before Geonosis. And, um, what was the other one? Geonosis? It was, uh, Geonosis and, Oh, we got the, the pod Tatooine. Race. Tatooine. That's yeah. The pod race on Tatooine. And then the Geonosis asteroid field where you go into the death star, which was cool for me because I had gone on star tours like three times at Disney world in Florida before the last celebration in, uh, Orlando. Um, and so I had gotten like almost all of the different planets and scenarios and stuff, but the one that I hadn't gotten was the, the Geonosis thing that we got on our first time there this time. So that was cool. Yeah. And then the best part was when we went to go on it a second time before the park was going to close and we got the same worlds. We got the first time Tatooine and Geonosis, but then at the right end, it was like the person came on the, the speaker, like, do you guys want to go on it one more time? And like, of course, everyone's going to say yes. <laughs> so yeah. we got to stay on the ride and experience it again and then we got to go to hoth and naboo which was i mean i haven't experienced all the planets yet but right now those two are my favorite i love the naboo one <laughs> i forget what moment it happened but you did a it was a perfect timing where you did your jar jar impression <laughs> oh yeah when oh man when was that 
Um, Had to be something when, uh, after they go to the planet core and auto Gunga, I would imagine. But <laughs> yeah, that spot, I don't remember, but it was like perfect timing. It even got, it was, it was something background. about the, the big fish or something like that, because you, you get, um, you know, the, the big monsters from episode one that attack the submarine. Like you see some of those on, along the ride. So, you know, I might, I, I don't think I said like big goober fish. Or something like that, but yeah, there's like the leaking in here, no power. Like oh yeah, 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 oh yeah. Maybe uh, you know C three PO, who's like the pilot on the ride. He's like, uh, you know, oh, don't worry, we're fine or whatever. And I was like, what are you so taking Risa in trouble? <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah, is my favorite Jar Jar line from that movie. Oh, like perfect timing. Uh, it was so monsters fun. in here leak or no monsters out there leaking in here, all sinking and no power. What are you so Oh man, see, it's great to hear, but then you're actually seeing that the world as you're experiencing the ride, so it just goes perfect with each other. You're seeing the fish, you're seeing uh, the planet of Naboo underwater. Uh, It was great, it was just one of those things where I couldn't help myself. Yeah, like I said, you got even other people on the ride laughing and cracking, it (laughs) (laughs) It was great. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was that was just another fun part of it, too. Um, we went like the Wednesday night before celebration. So, um, yeah, while everyone was waiting in line for the force awakens panel. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause people were waiting in line for that from like, I don't know what time, but officially the queue was supposed to start at six the evening before, but there were people in line for it before then. Yeah. It was like three o'clock when I got there and that's when the line was just starting. Yeah. I was like, no, thank you. I'll, (laughs) I'll get in line in the morning and take my chances. And it all worked out great for the end, even though we weren't in the main stage. Yeah. But, man, I mean, just what a weekend. It was so much fun. Um, You know, had a great time hanging out with you and everybody else there. Um, And I think, uh, you know, we've pretty much hit all the main points we wanted to hit on. So I think we'll just about wrap it up for this episode, Um, especially because I am going to try to get out of here and go see the Avengers Age of Ultron tonight. And uh, get to see that Star Wars trailer in IMAX 3D. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm super, super excited for Avengers: Age of Ultron. But I'm not going to lie, a part of my excitement is going to be going to see those coming attractions and seeing the Force Awakens trailer again, the Batman v Superman trailer. Over, oh yeah, hopefully dude, like, so. <laughs> it's like the best trailer run for a movie probably in a long time. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably like I'm going to see it in IMAX 3D. And I probably wouldn't be paying the 15 bucks to see it in IMAX if it weren't for the Star Wars trailer. Like, <laughs> I could just go see it in 2D, but I want to see that Star Wars trailer in IMAX. So, yeah. um, man, that's going to be awesome. And, you know, seeing it with a few hundred people in the movie theater, it'll be like a small taste of what it was like being at Celebration. And that's being true. That Hopefully we'll get a good reaction and have people cheering. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I, I will start it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I was See, I was proud of my sister because the last time when we saw The Hobbit, um, in, I think we also saw that in IMAX 3D and we saw the first Force Awakens teaser before that. Um, and she was the first one who like started the clapping in the theater after the trailer aired and like got a, or after the trailer showed and got a bunch of other people clapping too. But I have already told her, I was like, after this trailer, you will not be the first one clapping. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will make sure of that. Uh, so yeah, anyway, I'm super excited about that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's been so much fun. Uh, just getting to sort of relive all this stuff from Celebration and talk about it again. Um, so, you know, thank you guys for tuning in um, and listening to all this. Thank you to Matt from the Rebels podcast uh, for joining us on this episode and, uh, you know, talking about Rebels. And it was uh, great to hang out with him there at Celebration. 
Um, and, uh, you know, as always, you guys can check us out online at starwarstsc.com. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash continues, And you can follow us on Twitter at starwarstsc. Um, thanks again to all of you listeners out there who, uh, you know, send in your responses and stuff, um, talking about, you know, your favorite parts of the trailer and the, the, uh, celebration and all that good stuff. Um, also, if you want to send us email, you can email us at starwarstsc at gmail.com. Um, and of course, you know, like I said, you can check out our website, starwarstsc.com. You can also, uh, you know, check out all the other, uh, great podcasts that we're associated with over at, uh, thunderquack.com, um, for all the other podcasts over there. Um, and actually just, uh, it was just Monday night. I did a, a video roundtable on YouTube with, uh, Mike from the Rebels podcast and Jason from the Wampus Lair. Um, and we, uh, basically, you know, spent a whole hour and a half or two hours or something like that, just breaking down the force awakens trailer from celebration. Um, in fact, I think we, we actually spent longer talking about just the trailer than you and I did on our last three hour episode, Tim. So, um, (laughs) there's never enough time to talk about as much as you want with that trailer. You can go on and on on if you Uh, wanted to. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you and I talked pretty in depth about like most of the stuff in that trailer, but Mike actually went through and just broke it down like shot by shot and we were like, <laughs> pausing on every, on every shot and everything in there. So that was a lot of fun. If you guys want to check that out, um, that should be up on YouTube on the, uh, the thunder quack YouTube page. Um, also, uh, for those of you who may have missed it, we were on the rebels podcast panel at celebration, uh, with Mike and Matt, and then they also had uh, Carl and Jason from the Wampus Lair and Bethany and Riley from the Star Wars Report on his guests, uh, talking about you know various stuff uh, from that weekend. Um, you know, even though it was the Rebels podcast, Tim and I were actually on there talking about Clone Wars because I think we were the only two out of our group who went to the uh, the Bad Batch screening mm-hmm. there at Celebration. So yeah, um, so that was pretty fun. You guys can also check that out. Um, I believe that's also on the uh, the YouTube page. Um, and I don't know, I'll have to check with Mike. I don't know if that's also an audio thing on the, uh, the rebels podcast feed. Yeah. The video and the audio is actually on rebelpodcast.com. So you can okay. check both out there. Well, there you go. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, that's going to do it for us for this episode. Um, uh, we haven't really had a whole lot of big star Wars news these past few weeks, yeah. except for all the stuff from celebrations. So, um, you know, hopefully it won't be too long before stuff starts to pick up again and we'll be back with a new episode talking news and rumors and all the usual fun stuff. Uh, but until then, it's been a blast talking about Star Wars Celebration with you guys. Thank you for tuning in. We will see you next time and may the force be with you. See you next time, everybody. Uh-huh.